0: they were profiling everybody looking for drugs and i was just trying to play pokemon go and look for snakes i got pulled over three times once of which was by border patrol and all of which were between three and six in the morning
1: welcome to from the ground up where we talk to reptile keepers and breeders about all things cold-blooded sit back and have a beer with us well some of you are driving if you're driving keep your hands tended to and enjoy the show
2: Almost all clutches are ready, at least some from all clutches. Uh the ones who are eating. And obviously we're always trying to get more eating. This weekend, if you're in the Maryland area, we'll be at well, definitely Joe, possibly me, will be at the Haverty Grace show in Maryland. Uh,
1: we're Maryland. Depending on where you're
2: from. Maryland. My GPS says Maryland. I
1: don't know. the girl at work used to always say so she had like a real bad Philly accent. Marlin. Oh Maryland. <laughs>
2: Uh-huh. okay, that's off sub subject. What else? T shirts as always, springtails, um
1: Tails that are springing and um, that's pretty much it. We have eastern uh, each and pot king snakes that I have tried to feed and no one wants to eat.
2: Yeah. So yeah. So a lot. We're the King's and it's like we have like six
1: people.
2: Well, I think that whole clutch is pretty much He's down for. four. It's like, hey, sorry. That's
1: always the worst, man, when people are waiting for things and you don't get them started. And I feel bad. And sorry, guys. But, but I do my best. But thank you all so much for being here. And today we have on a Field Harper, which will be a great.
2: Which, you know, I love this Field Harper story.
1: Yes, absolutely. And today we have Noah Fields. You may know him as I believe his handle is Noah underscore Fields on Instagram as well. If you can't remember that, that's pretty sad. (laughs) NKF Herping on YouTube. And Noah, thank you so much for being here. Welcome to From the Ground Up Podcast. How's
0: it going, man? Pretty good. Thank you for having me. Glad to be here. I'm excited.
1: Of course. So I don't know the whole backstory of how you ended up in like West Texas for the summer. So us yeah, little that yeah, yeah. Okay.
0: so I am originally from Georgia and uh when I was in high school one of my local friends in uh in the Atlanta area actually got a teaching job as a professor at Soros State University in West Texas and I was a senior in high school so I ended up going there for my first two years of college and uh, that's pretty much where I got started spending a lot of time in West Texas but even further back than that, we went on family vacations. My whole family would go out to New Mexico and all that, and just do family stuff. And I'd get a lot of field herping in out there, and that's where I originally fell in love with the area. So,
1: cool. So, what did you do to like sustain yourself? Because it looked like on your YouTube, on
0: YouTube, it just <laughs> looks like you're just
1: out there field herping every night and like sleeping during the day. Like, I don't know. That's Pretty just much.
0: <laughs> So, at the time, I was making money from YouTube, so I had a little bit of money from YouTube that I was living off of, and I had money that I'd saved up from my real job in Georgia that I was doing that pretty much for a year of saving up money. So, I had fallback funds. Um, Obviously, I still have to pay certain bills, like my car bill and all that. So, it really was challenging to plan that out so that I can't be out there for two months at a time. Um, The biggest help, I think, in all that was having somewhere to stay, because the, the buddy I was telling you about we go out of town and when he's out of town, I, I basically have the house to myself under the condition that I'm house sitting and I'm taking care of the cats, taking care of the house. So that's how I was able to just kind of sleep all day in the air conditioning. Cause a lot of people go to West Texas and they're out all night. And then, you know, when you're out, it's hard to be motivated to stay out all night when you, you know that you, ha- you don't have somewhere to sleep all day cause you get kicked out of the hotel at 11 or whatever. So that was the biggest help in having that is being able to sleep in the next day after staying out all night.
1: Yeah. And that's just, just to make that leap. I think, I mean, there's not many, I don't know anyone else. Are there other field herpers who like, would go for a summer and go somewhere else? And.
0: I I don't think there's anyone out there right now, but I know it's, it's, I'm not the first person that's done that out there. Um, there are people that, you know, have built their lives around living in West Texas. They moved out there and, you know, they work in Alpine and all that. Um, Actually, the last summer, I spent the majority of the summer in a tent. So I actually camped out there all, pretty much all summer last summer and the year before. Sorry, the year before that, if I remember correctly. So that was rough. It, I didn't have the house the entire summer back then. And, uh, you know, it, it would really put a damper on my herping because I know I'd be waking up by the sun at nine o'clock in the morning right. be roasting in my tent. So it was yeah, it was definitely better this summer for sure.
2: And,
3: like,
2: I'm just thinking, like, water and heat and just all those things for two months. How? Oh <laughs> I don't know. In my head, it doesn't seem possible, but clearly so, it is, because you
0: did it. When I say camping, I kind of, that's it was kind of glorified like glamping because oh. I was staying in an RV park with a shower and tent shelters. Okay. 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 So it wasn't, it wasn't like I was just staking up my tent in the middle of the desert and, and getting by. I couldn't do that. I absolutely could not do that. Um,
3: that makes but, so much more sense.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I should have clarified that at first, but I figured it was, it was a uh, complicated enough as is. <laughs> so.
1: And what is that? I mean, does it never get old as far as going to West
0: Texas? I mean, Oh my God, it's old after a week. Absolutely. If you're not (laughs) fine, it's it's such a brutal area to herp. Like, like there's, there's areas in the U S that you can go out and find dozens of snakes in any given day. And that's just not one of them. It's, it's so rough sometimes, especially once like, and I've been going out there for, I think, let's see, I started in 2014. So I, and I'm going on, this was my fifth year, I think, of herping out there. So I've I've seen pretty much everything. And when I go out there now, it's just I want to see more Alterna. And there's there's really only one snake out there I haven't found, and that's the liar snake. Um, but I, it, it's just so much work looking for those things, and the bycatch isn't that good. So I pretty much just go out there for the Alterna now. And when you're not finding Alterna, it's like, Finding alterna is like the highest high as a herper for me. And then not finding alterna or losing alterna or finding a dead alterna. Oh. It's just, it's devastating. So a lot of my, like a lot of the time, like I'm, when I'm out there, I'm just obsessing over, it's really a sickness. Like it's, it's, it's an addiction and it's bad. So that's, okay, a, that's a good wait. way to sum it up.
2: We didn't ask our initial question. You were ready to go fold West Texas. Yes. For anyone who hasn't watched his videos or anything, we got to back it up say okay
1: how did you get into and field herping like right well animal you know reptiles animals
2: and and into field herping
0: so that goes way back as long as i can remember like i don't ever remember a time in my life when i wasn't into snakes and uh a lot of that's thanks to my parents they're both old school herpers they both you know Mm -hmm. i didn't their relationship didn't i don't think my mom was a herper before she met my dad but then once they met they started you know They'd go out in the field together. They'd go to Reptile Expos together. Uh, my mom was actually in labor with me at the Repticon. I think it was Repticon in Atlanta in <laughs> 1997 when I was the day I was, but I didn't know that till yesterday. I found that out yesterday. So, yeah, they, I pretty much grew up in a house surrounded by snakes. So,
2: I mean, you were born, or you were starting, <laughs> yeah. you were starting to to enter this world with
0: um... Yeah, and I, it's it's hard to. The way I always tell people, like, if you grew up around snakes, it's not possible to not at least like them a little bit. So I think if if everyone in the world was exposed to them at that young of an age, they would also become addicted like that.
1: Was it, I mean, it must have been at least a little bit easier to sell the West Texas for your summers to your parents then?
0: Oh, yeah, they, well, I got, when I was in high school, like, that's when I first started going out there like on a road trip with my parents. And it was at first, it was really hard to get like, like, like the logistics of it. Like it's expensive to take. Cause I have three, two brothers. I'm the third, I'm the oldest. So I guess technically I'm the first, but I have three brothers. So they have all those mouths to feed. They have to take care of hotels and all that. And it, it can be expensive lugging your entire family across the country for, you know, I think our longest trip was almost two weeks that we went out there wow. and uh, the hardest part about that was like getting the logistics down, I think, and they took care of that. But um, we ended up actually taking some friends with us too, so it was not just we'd rent a like a rental van. Like we'd have this huge, I think a uh, Chrysler Town and Country, I think is what we got <laughs> here that we had a bunch of people
1: with like and, wood paneling and stuff. And <laughs> like not,
0: not, it wasn't an old Chrysler Town and Country, but it was like it was like the new ones in there. I mean, it's a big van, and God, it's it's the worst thing to herp and imaginable because you've got my parents in the front seat and then all like me, my buddy Daniel and my two brothers in the back seat. And the, you have to push a button and the door opens so slow. Like if, you know, like when you're road cruising, you're like, everyone's jumping out of the out moving car, but yeah. you can't do that when you're in a van oh. where you have to wait, you push this button and you sit there like, whenever you're ready door. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, that was awful. But, that was my first experience out there was going out there with my family and that was it was they wanted to go it was just getting the logistics down that took a while I think and uh once once that was done like they both love it out there my dad loves it out there my mom is obsessed like I'm like my house right now is covered in like my mom wants to move to Texas now it's basically really? like, yeah she loves it out there so
2: what part I, of Georgia are y'all in
0: so we're in southwestern metro Atlanta in a town called noonan that's the suburb that I live okay. in, so. That's where I grew up.
2: Gotcha. So I'm assuming not much herping.
0: <laughs> yeah, really? It's, it's really, it's my favorite place in the country to herp. Like I couldn't imagine myself living anywhere else just because there's so much here that's unique and so much to be discovered because it's not like West Texas where there's dozens of herpers out there every year that scour the place. It's like, I'm the only person that's ever herped this area. And it's that to me is fun.
1: Selfish question. Do you have Eastern Kings there?
0: Oh, yeah, that's that's my favorite. That's my Georgia.
1: They just get so much cooler looking, in my opinion.
0: Yeah. And and the ones we have here are actually integrates with black king snakes, a little bit of an integrate. So the ones like actually here on my property look more like eastern kings. But if you drive to the next county over, you can find solid black king snakes. So that's cool. Yeah, it's really cool.
2: I feel like Noah is our first guest who's like second generation. You know, most people are like, oh, I was catching things and then I got into and it. my but mom was like, like, no
1: snakes. Right, right. Room. Usually no,
2: the no. parents are like, eh, or they'll just kind of go with it. But I think he's the first person who is like indoct- indoctrinate. How do you say that word? That sure. word.
3: That one. Like from the beginning.
2: <laughs> uh, and I think that's cool that you grew up doing it.
0: Yeah, it, absolutely. Like my like, I have a lot of memories from my childhood, like, playing video games with my brothers and tearing around beating each other with lightsabers. But, like, my best memories from my childhood are, like, going on my first trips to certain areas with my dad and with my friends that I made. You know, because, like, my friends – like, I had friends in high school and I had friends, like, in middle school. But my best friends growing up were my Herper friends, so.
1: <laughs> That's cr- – like – I don't even. Uh, when we were growing up, yeah, we, you were just the weird one. You, know, yeah. and so you didn't have. wanted to go things. catch
0: things. You're still the weird yeah. one. <laughs> and, and it was it was like that too. Like I was the weird one in in my own way. So, but at the end the end of the day, I always knew that I had my Harper friends to go hang out with on the weekends. So it was like, whatever
2: didn't matter to get through the the school day, the school week. No. Together. I
0: was just, I was like, oh my God, I need to get out of here. I need to go find snakes. It's April and I'm sitting in a classroom. Like that that's my favorite thing about not being in high school anymore because like I, I'm not in school right now at all, but I'm planning on finishing my degree in college. And like when you're in college, you have such a, you have so much more flexibility. Like you can go to class in the morning and then go snake hunt that afternoon. So,
1: Right. Secret, you don't even have to go to class.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to leave a bad impression on any youth watching.
1: I did <laughs> way too the much. That's about college is that you don't actually even have to, go, have to, go, to go to class. class.
2: I can yeah. imagine him in high school, like most kids in high school, like, oh, can I stay out till like two to go to this party? And I was like, can I stay out till two to like her? <laughs> like, Pretty I much. <laughs>
0: we have no road cruising on weekdays. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, you have those kids that, like, took off the first day of turkey season or deer hunting season. Well, I guess not in New Orleans, but...
2: No, but in Louisiana, I mean, yeah. they, it's a, I mean, hunting season, first day, and all that is a huge thing. I feel like some parishes, the whole school would probably close because there'd just be so many kids out. But <laughs> that's a different world.
1: <laughs> so what's some of your favorite animals, I mean, besides king snakes, that you find out there?
0: Oh, that king snakes are number one for me everywhere i go the local variety is always what i'm looking for but i'd say my favorite snake actually honestly my number one snake here in georgia to look for is carolina pygmy rattlesnakes like that's they absolutely mm-hmm. fascinate me they're beautiful they're rare like you go to some places and pygmy rattlesnakes are kind of like almost a trash snake i don't like using that term but that's how people treat them and uh here they're they're like. They're an enigma. They're super special, super hard to find, way harder than really anything else that I can think of locally at least. So, and I love hognose snakes, of course, that was, that was kind of like the snake that sparked my interest in field herping the most, I think was Eastern hognose snakes. Really? And so what
2: are you, Oh, but what is it about the hognose? Is it, you know, they're playing dead or like, what is it about them?
0: So that's a pretty good story in and of itself. Like when I, when I was growing up, I, I wanted to see two snakes in the wild, and I spent a lot of time looking for green snakes. I talked about that in my most recent YouTube video and on Instagram a little bit. But that was when I was like, I kind of had to have been ten or eleven when I was looking for green snakes. But then once I was in middle school, I became fascinated with looking for eastern hognose snakes because I'd never seen one in person. Like, because you're not allowed to keep native, non venomous reptiles in Georgia, so they weren't at the expos. Like, I never, I, I had never seen an eastern hognose snake in person, like at all. And I spent so much time looking for them. And and they're in and of themselves a really tough snake to find in like the general area where I live. And uh, one day I was just walking around on a friend's property and there was a freaking eastern hognose snake sitting below my feet. And it was in an area that I was like, I walked through it and I was like, this looks like good hognose snake habitat. And I was probably 12 or 13 at the time, maybe 14 at the oldest. And I was like, it blew my mind that like this spot that I thought looked good for these snakes actually had them. And since then, I don't think... I can't think of a live Eastern hognose I've seen in this area since then. Really? Yeah. It was, it was that special of a moment that it was like, wow, I want to do this with other species now. And that's kind of where it it really like, it became an addiction more than like the kind of thing that I was like, oh, that's neat.
1: Yeah. When you, when you go out to West Texas for periods of time and doing all that, like you're very committed to, to herping in general. Like I think of like, you know, like the the rock climbers who live at Yosemite so that they can climb every day. Yeah. You're like <laughs> the Herper version of that.
0: Yeah, it it's it really is. Like I mean, I spent time with my family and my girlfriend while I was out there, but it like other than that, that's all I did. Like it's just hundred percent time consuming. Especially when you're looking for something like Alterna that's not like like I, I talk about these other species, like they're hard to find, but if you want to see an eastern hognose snake, it's almost guaranteed if you go to the right spot. There's nowhere that you can go and be like, "Oh, there's an alterna, whoop-de-do." It's like you have to put, you have to put a hundred percent effort into finding those snakes, and that's what's so awesome about them to me.
1: Yeah. So, can you explain a little bit of because we had someone on, uh, a friend of ours, Stu Tennyson, like one mm-hmm. of our first mm-hmm. podcast guests, and he was like, he actually keeps records of when he finds Alterna, all the conditions, all that stuff. And he says average about like 50 hours or so, he may find line. one Alterna. Yeah. And he's been doing it since like the 70s. So I would think yeah. he's pretty decent at it. So it's like, what are your what's your likelihood of finding And What's Alterna? my numbers <laughs> like? What so, are your numbers
0: like? <laughs> that's actually funny. I met Stu at the hotel in Sanderson. I really? think it was <laughs> really? the first year I went to Sanderson, so... And, and that, and that's, that's a good place to start on my numbers because my first trip ever where I was actually looking for alterna, I found two in the first night, but after that, it took me, I don't, I don't even want to put it actually. So that was in 2015. I found two in the first night we had, I think three or four more nights in alterna range that trip. And I didn't, no more alterna that trip, no more alterna in 2016 until i moved into college the night that i moved in to my dorm in alpine me and my dad went out snake hunting after like we moved in did all that official stuff and we found one that night so i mean that was that was it was over a year even though i wasn't living there at the time but it was i mean i was in and out i went that summer on a road trip with my family and we did probably seven nights in west texas and didn't see one um But after that, it's just been it's been a struggle. So until this year, I'd never seen more than two alternate in a year. And within my first week of being in West Texas, I found I think I found six in the first week this year. But then after that, I saw two more all summer. So it's just it really like I couldn't put a number on how many hours on average it goes into it, especially considering like all alternative are hard to find, but there's easy localities and then there's like hard localities and then there's don't bother localities. So <laughs> I, I spread my time evenly across those three classes of localities. And, you know, I have really good luck. I've had good luck in Sanderson this year. I consider that a pretty easy locality. But then even in Sanderson, there's certain cuts that are hard and certain cuts that are easy. So it really just depends on where you're talking specifically. And I'm sure if I crunched the numbers, and I, d- I don't have evidence from every night that I went snake hunting out there, so I couldn't really tell you how long I was out every night. But I'd say I usually average, like I I start, say it gets dark at nine, I usually stay out until at least one or two. So, and then I did that every night all summer, except for, I think I had three nights, two nights I didn't go out this summer. So.
2: <laughs> That's dedication. <laughs> yeah.
0: And then I had... I had a trip, a weekend trip of like three days to New Mexico. In the middle of all that, so I guess like five days out of the whole summer, I wasn't walking cuts.
2: So those six you found were those all the same locality?
0: So um, the, it was really weird because my buddy Matt Sullivan—I don't know if you guys know him—he's in. He actually lives. Mm-hmm. He lives in New Jersey, but he's he's not far from y'all, and okay. uh, he. He drove out with his dad, I think. So they flew into San Antonio, got a rental car, drove out to West Texas, and him and his dad got an Alterna that night. It was his first one. And he really wanted to see Alterna. So he took his dad back to the airport because he had responsibilities and then drove back out. Wow. That's a day. long
1: drive, by the yeah. way. For people who don't know what, you know, Texas, that is a long it's drive. It's five
0: hours to the airport from, from Sanderson, I think. And because uh, he had to go to Sa- all the way to San Antonio. And he came back out. <laughs> And I think his first night back, we got an alterna. Wow. Guys, I can, it's hard to remember without looking at my records. We got, I got another one. I think the night he got his, I got one the next night. And then there was like a two-night gap. And then I got one with Matt the first night he was back. And then we got three the next night. And then another one the next night. So... Is that five? I'm forgetting one. <laughs> <Yeah>. I, <laughs> I was have it like special
2: condition? Like was the weather something? Yeah. Cr- like, you know, what do you think was the reason for that abundance in those couple of nights?
0: And that's the thing that makes it so fascinating is there's no telling. Like it felt good. Like it, don't get me wrong. It felt, there's a very specific set of conditions you look for when you look for alterna. You look for wet, but not soaking. So you want it to have gotten plenty of rain recently and you want it to wind. People like wind. I don't know. It's probably because of the pressure drop that you get associated with, with wind. It's like barometric pressure. There's a storm coming in. So you want a storm before but not still wet. And then you want a storm coming in but not hitting yet. And you want <laughs> it somewhere between 70 and 80 degrees. And it every night of that... The night we got three in one night was perfect. It felt perfect. There was, you could see lightning in the distance. It had rained It had actually hailed. There was like an inch of hail on the road the night before that happened, which was crazy. And I guess that's probably like, and that's the thing about June. Like that was in early June. West Texas is super dry. Like, you know how y'all get rain. Everyone get, you get rain in the springtime, like anywhere from March to all the way through the, the summer. And that's just an East coast thing out there. They probably hadn't had rain, like a serious rainstorm in that area since the previous monsoon season, which would have been like four or five months since the last rain. But then you get all this rain that comes in in late May and early June, and it saturates the environment. And pretty much it's like their springtime hits in June rather than in the first warm days of the year. And that's that's the best analogy that I've thought of is in the in the desert. The springtime doesn't really start till the rain comes. In the sense that we as East Coast people think of springtime.
1: And is that... I mean, are you typically finding males that are cruising So, around?
0: Yeah, a lot of times you'll find males. I, I think most people see way more males than they see females. I've got like a, a weird 50-50 ratio for mine. But um, the, the ratio of that time, I think we got two female... So the night we got three, two of them were females. And then the next night we got another female. So it was weird. And that was in on the North Sanderson cuts and we got, so we got two females that one night a male. And then the next night we got another female, which was really weird. And we hit that same cut several nights after expecting, cause they'll follow the pheromones of the males or the, of the females. Mm-hmm. The males. So that's what you'd expect to see, you know, the opposite, but you never know. They're, they're weird snakes.
1: And are you, are you visually sexing them or are you popping them or what are you doing?
0: So genu- generally, generally, um you can visually sex them but a lot of time alterna aren't as my buddy puts it alterna aren't well hung so a lot of times you go <laughs> and pop them um
2: and they're allowing you to pop them these the little guys, but they're yeah, still in the well, lot. Alternas i mean they're defense oh, no, generally the when i find
0: an alterna i catch it it shits on me it bites the shit out of me for like a minute straight and then it never bites me but <laughs> The, the one male we caught that night, I picked him up and he must and his, you know, <laughs> he popped himself. like, And gotcha. the other ones, one of them was a hatchling, so that was easy to pop. And there the, nothing came out, female. And then uh, a lot of people actually probe alternates. So I think a lot of those snakes did end up getting probed. I only kept two of those. So I, I have a pair of the ones that we caught that night. And uh, the other ones, I think, got probed by the people that kept them. So
1: Nice. And can you explain a little bit, because I know Texas is a little weird about the laws and stuff about how you can hunt for alternative out there?
0: Yeah, so technically, there's no, no collection from a public roadway allowed. And even if you're not collecting snakes, if you find a snake on the roadway and you move it off the road, you could technically get a ticket for that out there. And that's even if you have the proper hunting licenses and go through everything else legally, which is kind of screwed up. But that's how it is. Um, after being out there for five years, you learn to deal with it and work around it so that's why a lot of people walk cuts instead of road cruising and i think that really has been a good thing for people who actually want to see alterna they find alterna like i, I honestly think it's way easier to find them walking in habitat than you're going to find them road cruising so
1: yeah so pace to do the extra legwork literally yeah
0: yeah i think it, i think it seriously does um and that's something that i overlooked in the past i would road cruise a lot and i'd see a lot of snakes but i'd never see alterna mm-hmm. and I think that's part of why I had so much luck this year, because I did so much more walking than I did road cruising.
1: And is it that these animals are rare or are they just secretive?
0: I don't I think they're them. rare at all. I think they're actually an incredibly abundant snake, and and that shows on these certain nights where they're just everywhere. Like that that night that we found the three alterna, that was the most common snake we saw. And mm-hmm. it's not not to downplay how special that is to see three in a night, but it happens. Like and especially back in the old days before before the big collection waves hit like and i guess it was probably the 70s and early 80s when you know people first started really hitting the cuts hard you know it wasn't uncommon to see in areas like sanderson and langtree to see people pull a triple so mm. i i think that's definitely become less uncommon since a lot of the roadside population has gotten hit by the semis because the traffic out there's terrible like and i think that's a pretty recent development that so many semis have started coming through sanderson because mm. i tends to the north and i have no idea where they're going honestly but it's, it's actually dangerous being out there shining those cuts because there's so many semis that come by. And the night we got the three alternative, we actually found a dead one too. So we got in four mm-hmm. total, but one was dead. So and there's a lot of road mortality and quite a few get collected each year. But I do think overall they're a very common snake. They're just very secretive like a lot of king snakes.
1: Right. And Okay, uh, I feel
2: like Evan is going <laughs> to kill us through the uh, computer if we don't switch subjects.
1: Wow. oh he's going crazy about the alternative. But um no, but what leps, yes go
2: for it. I don't even know what leps are.
1: I believe it's a type of rattlesnake. <laughs> lepidus, yeah. right? Is that yeah, a, a, a Paul of rattlesnake?
0: rattlesnakes? So. Okay.
2: He wants you to talk about leps.
0: <laughs> talk about lepidus. So leps are they're definitely my, my favorite of the venomous snakes we have out west. And I mean not and and this is kind of just a, a side effect of doing this for as long as I have and for as many hours as I have, but I've gotten kind of jaded on them because you see them like I, I probably broke 40 40 lepidus this year just looking wow. for alterna and I really love them they're awesome snakes and especially when you start going into areas where they're not as common you really appreciate them for for being like you know more of an uncommon snake but you just find so many of them when you're looking for alterna you kind of don't appreciate them as much as you should even though they're they're definitely one of the most beautiful rattlesnakes we have here in the United States so I really love them and What's- I guess
1: Let's talk a little bit more about, you know, other animals that may be in that area that we all love. So,
0: wait, no, no, we got to
2: talk more about what you just oh, sorry, sorry, on. Um, where are they less common? Like, where are they not common?
0: So, once you start, so. In the eastern transpecos, basically, when you're around, you know, some of those more limestone areas with the white rock, you get the limestone phasolepidus. And they're they're pretty common out in a lot of those areas. But it's just, it's kind of like alternate. There's certain areas where they're really common. And, you know, it's not weird to see one to six in a night in certain areas. Uh, like in the Davis Mountains, like five or six in a night this time of year when they're breeding is not terribly uncommon. Um, but then there's other areas like you go out west towards the western extent of their range in the Waco Mountains out towards El Paso and they become almost as hard as alternate, if not harder. Mm -hmm. So, and couldn't tell you why I'm, I'm not as experienced in those areas as I am in areas where they're more common, but for some reason they just become harder to find.
1: Are they commonly road cruised?
0: I think Lepidus are or another snake like alternate that you see more on the rocks and habitat than you do on the road. I've, I've seen a handful on the road, but not as many as cuts for sure.
2: And are people keeping them really? Or?
0: Yeah, I actually have a lot of buddies that are into keeping lepidus. Um, personally, I leave them in the wild, but I mean, they do make good captives. They're really interesting snakes. You can uh, you can set them up in a naturalistic environment. It's pretty much like having a little chunk of West Texas in your house because they'll sit there and ambush, and when you miss them, they come out and drink. They're, they're really interesting snakes to keep, but personally, I'm not a big venomous guy.
2: And do people get in, like, I mean, I know with alternative. Uh, locality. Yeah, I was about to say like locality, and I remember when we had stool on, it'd be like this one latitude, longitude (laughs) is like different from this one, and I'm like, they're so close. Why are you guys so crazy about this? So are they crazy? Yeah, are they crazy (laughs) with the lats? Like they are with yeah,
0: yeah, definitely. Especially, and there's a lot of people that just and this is not something that I approve of, but there's a lot of people that go out to West Texas and just collect everything and they keep some of it themselves. They sell some of it. I'm, I'm not about that, but some people do that and some people will just collect willy nilly Lepidus, but the people that are really into Lepidus will do localities just like Alterna. So.
1: I feel and, like, and are they different like phenotypically like an oh, Alterna yeah. would be by locality I wouldn't
0: say it's as as narrowly based, Like, and that might be because I don't pay as much attention to Leps as I do Alterna, but, it genuinely will alterna like you pick the little town of sanderson you go 10 miles in any direction and pull a snake off a cut a lot of the alternative people could tell you which cut that snake came from because they do look significantly different when you go two or three miles one way versus the other and uh i don't know if lepsa is that much locality based but when you go from one mountain range to another it's it's plain as day Definitely different. they look like completely different species almost
2: that's so well okay wait off topic question is that where sanderson farms is
1: but Sanderson Isn't Farms.
2: They make, um, I'm pretty sure they make chicken. <laughs> oh, God.
1: I don't know. Doesn't okay. matter. ADD <laughs> moment. It's probably not a great place to have a chicken farm, but I don't know. <laughs> it's the
2: largest poultry producer in the United States, bigger than Tyson. Wow. Oh, and Araman is in Mississippi.
1: It's, yeah, it's pretty, pretty much far. The opposite of West Texas. <laughs> Sorry, I just heard Sanderson.
0: <laughs> there's not a lot in Sanderson. There's a hotel and a you know a gas station. And,
2: well, there's not a lot in West Texas. Period. Yeah.
0: So. <laughs> yeah, that's accurate. So, but it's especially bad in Sanderson. It's it's one of the smaller towns that are even acknowledged as a town and not just like a municipality or whatever. So.
2: I wonder if they have a lot of people simply just coming there first.
1: I mean, I would,
0: they acknowledge snake. I I, really do. It's a, it's a significant part of the economy, especially, you know, back in the olden days, there's, there's a guy there that's a Harper that Roy Engeldorf, Stu's good buddy with him. But I mean, he, he basically runs his business as being a hotel for snake hunters. And I know a lot of the semi traffic that comes through there has definitely helped him out with business. But if you're ever in Sanderson, check out the Outback Oasis hotel. (laughs) Roy's a good guy. He'll, He'll show you his snake collection mm-hmm. and give you like a $5 discount for being a herper. So, I would definitely cash in on
2: all the people coming out there. I don't know. I'd be selling water on the side of the road.
1: <laughs> have you, have you uh, been over to Snake Days?
0: I actually have not done a lot with Snake Days. It used to be in Sanderson, but this year they had it in Alpine. And uh, I was more like, there's a bunch of herpers on the cuts I normally hunt. I don't want anything to do with this. <laughs> and I went left oh, oh, and went, oh,
1: get out of here.
0: Yeah, I got real grumpy. I was like, "Oh my god," because I literally I couldn't find any word "herp" during Snake Day so there's so many people out there. But I did go to the one in Sanderson last year, and it was really cool to see so many herp, you know, like-minded people in the same area, and uh, especially out there where it's like seeing one person is kind of weird, but much less a bunch of herping. I'm
1: sure it would part. be like your worst herping day with everyone with there. all those people. It's warm. yeah,
0: and but. The thing about West Texas is that it's, it's big and it's small at the same time. Like, there's only so much surface area that's, that you can actually access for snake hunting. Um, but there's a lot of places you can go that, you know, no one at Snake Days even knows about. So,
2: What's keeping parts of it from being accessible?
0: It's private land, ranches. Uh, okay. and, uh You know, you can't go on to the state parks and stuff and collect alternas, so a lot of people don't bother. But since you're just
1: trying to find, you know, you're trying to take yeah. pictures and video you.
0: Yeah. And a lot of times when I do go out into like, I do a lot on the state park and I did a lot in the national park when I was helping a buddy out with research and I would, you know, I just go out and, you know, get vouchers of everything I found. And I had some really great times out there on, there's a lot of public land in West Texas. People don't know that. But I mean, if you go out there just wanting to like be in nature, it's a great area because you've got, there's just so much public land. There's the state park in Big Bend. There's the national park in Big Bend. You got Black Cap May davis mountain state park there's just Wait, so much land. that
2: up. again what did you just say black
0: black gap it's a wildlife uh, management area
2: oh, oh i thought you said something it's a really cool different. locality <laughs> i thought you yeah, said like yeah. black capto Doe may i don't know what he just said i thought <laughs> no. it was english but gotcha yeah it's
0: um, a it's a i don't i think it's named for the color of the rock maybe but it's it's weird because that's a really cool area you go through this transition for like a limestone to uh to this volcanic rock, it's really interesting. But, so,
2: do you find that the more you're out there, like you get into like the rock, like the oh yeah, all other like
0: just right, just yeah. nature in general, and that's herping in general, like not just West Texas. Like here in Georgia, I've started like looking at plants and stuff. <laughs>
2: See, I'm trying to stop Joe from going down there. Joe's like getting into birds now, and oh, I yeah, I've, I've got
0: the bird bug too.
2: I can't. I can't with no, a
0: I just acknowledge
1: every cool thing
0: that I <laughs> oh, see. No, it's not even the
2: cool things. It's like, oh my god, that's that. Oh my, god. I'm like,
0: oh, look at this know? little brown bird. Like picture <laughs> plants Are fun, right? Like yeah. he
2: gets excited Mushroom. over something, and like it's just a brown bird. It's just a black. Like it does. I don't know. And I'm scared you're gonna want to start like going to birding events. And I'm. That sounds like death. Wow, you're to so me.
0: judgmental. I, I do. Think there's there's something to be said about birders. They have a very Simplistic, like the fact that they can be happy from just looking at this (laughs) tiny brown bird flying away. You know, like a mile away through binoculars, binoculars. not even. Yeah, it's it's remarkable that that actually like captivates people. You know, power to them.
2: But I don't want that to be my life.
0: I think, I think you probably enjoy it more than you think you would because it does. Like you go out into these areas that it's just like snake hunting. You go out into these really remote natural areas. Like one of my one of my buddies does a whole lot of birding, and he drags me along sometimes. And you know when it's winter in West Texas, there's nothing else to do. So it gives you it gives you a little bit more of an appreciation for the the little brown birds, and then you get to see stuff like you know a golden eagle that's the size of a small child fly by and that's (laughs) awesome like no one's going to deny that that's cool
1: (laughs) yeah there was like in when i was in upstate new york they did a bird count each year and like there's just this one place on the great lakes to where you can see when they when they migrate you know you can see black vultures, you can see (laughs) (laughs) you know, all these different types of hawks and peregrine falcons and all this cool stuff in this one place. And there are just people there all day looking in the binoculars and taking count of them. And uh, it's cool,
0: man. It's a very simplistic way of observing nature. It's there's something to be said for it.
2: OK, Um. OK, Evan's question again. He said, I don't know how Kodai? I believe
1: it's Co- I believe it's Cody, which is Cody. like that, is it like that small marsupial mammal type? Thing? Oh, I know, or
0: marsupial. Oh, koati.
2: yes. He was asking if there's koati in the Sanderson area.
0: So there's like, uh, there's a record on iNaturalist from 277, which is like, you know, just down the road from Sanderson in the grand scheme of things. Um, so it, it's possible that they would turn up in Sanderson. I know that they're not common in West Texas, but they're around. I'm guessing
1: that would be a pretty secretive animal.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think in a lot of areas there, like in, in Arizona, there's, they kind of, they turn into raccoons, basically, like they'll take food out of your hand. But then some of those areas where they're not near people, they're definitely, definitely more secretive.
2: Okay, I have to look up a picture of this. I don't know what we're talking about.
0: I think like heard. a raccoon, kind of like an elongated raccoon. Like you grab a raccoon and go, and that's a coyote. <laughs> oh,
1: I've, yeah. I've heard of them, but when I, when I read it, I was like, Cody, I don't know that. But I've heard of
2: it, like, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, truly just was like a raccoon. But it seems like there's lots of different like color phases little lemur of them. Raccoon. There's
0: a couple species of them, if I, if I remember correctly. I, I know the, the ones we have in the U.S. are the white-nosed coyote. You got me saying <laughs> <of my laughs> white, <Yeah. laughs> white and So,
2: and where are they? They're just native to a bunch of different places.
0: Yeah, they're mostly a Central American species, I think, like a lot of places like down in Mexico and even maybe down to like Costa Rica and stuff. So,
1: it must just be like the northern part of the ranges. Yeah, yeah.
0: They barely come into the US and then like they'll go as far north I think in like Central Arizona, they'll go up to like near Flagstaff and stuff. If, I, if I'm remembering correctly. Surprisingly far north in, in some of the southwestern states. Yeah,
1: Flagstaff's cold.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. It's at elevation. but um, Don't quote me on that, though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, another another animal, which, you know, most of us are colubrid folks, so we got to talk about Baird's rats. And that, oh, yeah. I feel like that happens to be, to me, that animal really stands alone as an amazingly beautiful animal, but I'm sure that's pretty much just bycatch of people looking for alternatives.
0: Yeah, and w- when I first went out to West Texas, it was like, oh my God, I have to see a bear rat snake, and and they're awesome. They're really cool rat snakes. They're uh, they're definitely unique, and and there's something to be said for them being the hardest of the rat snakes out there to find. You know, you could go out and see eight or ten uh, Transpecos rat snakes easily, and you could go out and see eight or ten Great Planched rat snakes on the same night if you're in the right area. But, I mean, I could not tell you a place where you'd even be guaranteed to see a bear rat snake, so... Um, they're definitely the more uncommon of our rat snakes and they can be absolutely beautiful, especially some of those silvery ones with the orange on them. Um, but yeah, when I first went out there, I, I really wanted to see one. And then I, until this year, honestly, I, I'd never seen, you know, probably more than 20. And this year I saw at least that much, if not more. and What wow. yeah. I don't know. I think mostly the areas I was looking, I I started focusing on areas that had more bear drought snakes and they've got a weird range too. If you look at their range in West Texas, they're like in the Davis mountains and then they're not really anywhere else, but then they're in Big Bend National Park and then they're not really anywhere near there. And then they're over in the Eastern Trans Pecos on 277 and all that. So got a strange range for sure.
1: And have you seen like, what is the general phenotype in Texas?
0: More often than not, I see the really just kind of dull brown ones. So, they're not Aww, the best. Honestly, more often than anything, I see the baby ones that just look like a little black rat snake Dang from Georgia snake. almost. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, finding those, and they always look like a little bit like alternate at a distance too. So, I see one, I'm like, oh, yeah. And then I get closer, and I'm like, oh, which which sucks because they're an awesome snake. But, you know, when you when you do, when you you do see as many as I have, it just becomes trivial to, to see Oh, it's a baby bear rat <laughs> voucher shot. But yeah, especially if I, whenever I find a big colorful one, I get really excited because I, you know, I don't see a lot of the big colorful ones and they're awesome snakes for sure.
1: Yeah. It's hard to say, especially as someone who, you know, the closest I've gone to is a deli cup as far as herping for, <laughs> for bears, rats. And yeah, and everyone in a deli cup is like, the adults are orange and purple and
0: silver yeah. and you're like, okay. Yeah. So
2: you
1: just figure
0: they all,
2: they're like all going right. to be like that.
0: Yeah. And it, it Sadly, they're not because if they were, they'd be. I think they'd be much more coveted species. But I'd say I've probably only seen like one or two, eight out of ten or above looking adult bear giraffe snakes more often than not. It's just a kind of grayish silver. Um, but I have seen a couple that were like, wow, that's a nice snake. So.
1: And what kind of habitat are you typically – is it typically when you're looking for for gray bands? is it similar to their? yeah, habitat?
0: they're they're a very canyon associated snake. I think a lot of the places you find them have a lot of trees and like you know, and a lot of those areas in the Davis mountains where I look for gray bands are like a canyon with lots of trees and then the cuts go through it and uh, those cuts I think are in the same area that you alternate, like that transition between the the canyon wall and the actual canyon bottom. so. And that's kind of i definitely i think bears rat snakes are more associated with trees than a lot of our other species in west texas
1: Hmm. i mean so i mean all those rat snakes have to be pretty adept at like climbing through the the cuts and whatnot or
0: yeah and that a lot and it's really interesting that's one of the things that really fascinates me in west texas is like how much some of these snakes climb and and how much like you'd expect some of them to that you don't ever see them off the ground it's really interesting
1: because, like, I don't I don't expect, like, a heavy-bodied rattlesnake to be going through the rocks, but it seems like they do just fine.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we'll we see, you know, adult Aatrox Western Diamondbacks just cruising along, like, up a vertical rock face sometimes. It's like, what are you doing? <laughs> but, I mean, I think a lot of times uh, some of those rock cuts are a little bit steeper than what they're used to, but they're there and they have to either go over or around, so they just will go over them. I don't think it's much of like a preference. They don't like to hang out on the rock faces, like things like Lepidus do, but.
1: And how yeah. often are you seeing things like, like potential prey? I mean, uh, I mean, mammals or lizards.
0: I don't think a lot of that gets captured on my YouTube because when you're, when you're walking rock cuts, it's like, my God, it's, you're just staring at a rock for hours on end. So
3: <laughs>
0: I don't film a lot of the small stuff, but you do see like, you'll see a lizard every three or four yards sometimes when you're on a cut that has a lot of like sleeping baby lizards. And then, you know, mice are going left and right almost constantly in some areas too. So there's definitely an abundance of food. And if you go out into some of the areas that just have like a denser snake population in general, like the grasslands where there's, you know, you could see a hundred snakes in the night if you hit it right. There's absolutely, you cannot not run over on accident, like some sort of rodent, like a rabbit or a rat or something on those yeah. roads. Like there's just so much density of mammals. It's crazy. Like, it's completely understandable why there's so many rattlesnakes there once you see that type of, like, mammal activity.
1: Right.
2: Lots of food.
1: Yeah, and it's just crazy how many species are in that particular area. And, like, they're all amazing. But, obviously, Transpicos is something that you, the um, Transpicos rat snakes, you mentioned before. So, um, are you seeing a similar situation or those in a particular area?
0: Those guys are really – they're a really strange snake. They have – like there's one area down there that you can see. And it's basically like it's – a, it's a very large area. But basically, if you're in the southern Big Bend region, they're real common there. And they're not as much of like a rock-associated snake as a lot of people think they are. Like when I went out there, I was expecting to see them all over the cuts. And you don't really see as many of them on the cuts as you'd think. You see a lot of them cruising through this kind of like flat desert environment that – uh that like exist along the Rio Grande down there. And it's just, it's a really hostile looking habitat for a snake, but they're there and you don't see them. Like I said, they're not as much of a cut associated snake as a lot of people think.
1: And are they pretty plentiful in the area?
0: Yeah. If you're in an area that has them and for the most part, they're really common, but there are certain areas that they're like, they're a rare straight up rare snake. And it's weird because you know, I mean, Baird's rat snakes range all the way up in the central New Mexico almost, but not a lot of people are not Baird's transpicos. Not a lot of people know that because they're not very common that way. Mm
1: -hmm. Well, Dan's Wild Wild World said that your pictures are kind of like hurt porn. (laughs) Thank you, Dan. Whatever that means. If you don't know, now you know. I'll (laughs) take it as
0: a compliment.
2: (laughs) I'm sure. I mean, especially for people who probably will never go to West Texas in their life. I think
1: sometimes Wex, Te- Wex Texas, Wex, Texas, West Texas, Wex, Texas. It might as well be like the moon. I, I mean, mean, it's, just it's like, not like the most convenient place to go. Yeah, yeah absolutely.
2: Right. Even though it's like huge and goes on forever. It's like, unless you have a reason to go there, you're not really, you know,
0: you're not just going Oh, let's wake to, up in yeah, photo
2: yeah. West Texas today.
0: And unless and so, you like gas station burritos or alterna, I would highly recommend not going exactly. there. <laughs> There's not exactly. a lot to say, but,
2: and so I mean, you get, some life to it. I mean, I have very, uh, I had a lot of views about it, but I've only been to like you know, a couple places, but just when he was in Abilene, that was rough. It isn't
0: even real. Like, that's
2: not even like, right. That's not yeah. even deep rest West Texas. No, Abilene,
0: that's yeah, that's that's civilization that's, when, you, when you compare but it. Was so, it to,
2: the ride from Dallas to Abilene, it's like, oh God,
1: where would these
2: right? Where it truly like where is everything? But it gets nicer like,
1: like if you go but Nah, the but then you go towards like right? El Paso and it's just like ah
0: Yeah. There's a three hour stretch of nothing between Alpine and El Paso. It's, it's unbelievable. And it's really like, it's, it's awesome how much nothing there is in some places. And then once you need McDonald's or like, you need like a fast food or something, you're like, (laughs) wait a second, or you need gasoline. There's, you know, you're paying over $3 a gallon or you're running out of gas. So it's, it's just, it's the land of inconveniences in Alterna. That's, it's what there is to say about it so
2: so during the summer when you were staying at your friend's house like how far out were you driving
0: each night it's it depends on i'd follow the weather more often than not but and if you're staying in alpine there's actually a surprising amount of like you know conveniences there you can get gas and food for a reasonable price but and you can also go to a rock cut that's you know less than three miles outside of town mm-hmm. so you know on nights where i felt like going close where i was a little tight on money i just You know drive out to the close rock cuts and honestly that's one of my favorite areas to herp because the alterna there are a pain in the ass to find like it's it's like nothing i've ever seen because i've done one of my favorite alterna actually my favorite snake of any species i've ever caught came from one of those rock cuts that's you know less than 10 miles from alpine but i've since i found that snake i've logged another 30 nights of herping Mm -hmm. actually i think when i left i was at 35 nights that i've hit that same rock cut and this is, you know, dark till after midnight and I haven't seen another one. So it's it's you don't have to go far to find snakes um, if you're trying to save money. But, you know, if you're trying to go find a snake in a certain area, sometimes you would have to because if you're driving from one part of West Texas to the other, that's a five hour drive. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, so we- I mean.
1: How how far could you drive in one night as far as what's – the, what's the furthest herping spot and the most far out herping spot you've got in <laughs> West so, Texas?
0: If you're base camping in Alpine and and you're trying to go – you're just – you're feeling adventurous and want to go really far, you can go to 277, which is basically halfway to San Antonio. Or you can go the other direction to the Waco Mountains, which is almost to El Paso. So. I mean that's and that's Alpine is very centrally located town. That's why it's nice to stay there because it's it's kind of smack in the middle of West Texas. You can hit anywhere from there. But then if you, you know, want to go to any of these other places that aren't relatively near the Davis Mountains or Sanderson, you're you're looking at a three hour drive one way.
1: Damn. Okay,
2: I had to look it up. I did not realize like how close to. uh,
0: No, you're in Mexico. You're pretty much in Mexico. (laughs) Uh, The town of Sanderson is like, I think it's like 15 miles to Mexico from Sanderson if you just go straight south. And then Langtree, you can actually see the river in some places. And Lajitas and Terralingua, too, are are right on the river. They call the River Road the River Road because it drives along the the Rio Grande and you could throw a stone into Mexico from there.
1: It's so stupid. Like, how many times have I ever heard River Road, like, Alterna or something in that aspect that I never even thought of it? Like oh yeah, it's probably right like near the Rio Grande.
0: It is really? right there.
1: <laughs> are there? So are, are you going like... to Mexico? Sorry, I'm asking. Do yeah. you, well, you go to Mexico a lot. Same thing. Like, <laughs> well, no, you're probably not allowed. Like, what are what's the security like, or do people pass he you? He can go there. <laughs> so I've they been just to Mexico can't
3: go here. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: That's true. Oh my god. But yeah yeah the the border security, like if you're going to mexico, it's it's lax, but it's the other mm. way around. like when you're coming back coming to the u s Mexico, that's when you get scrutinized. It's like, but I do have to if you're driving to the river road from Alpine, you have to go through border security that's like thirty miles north of the border. And that's like a lot of people have a big problem with that because it's like you're going through the basically the border like the border checkpoint, but it's you're in, well in America. In America. yeah, mm. and uh, it really is quite annoying that you can, you know, have your car forcibly searched when you're not doing anything besides driving around in the united states right yeah and it, and that and really the immigration and drug trafficking in west texas is not it's not a big deal like it is in other parts of the border country it's like, i feel
1: like that wouldn't be a very easy place to walk it's over not because yeah, yeah <laughs> that that, seems I, like, talk about harsh,
0: yeah, it's suicide if you try to cross in the remote areas. Like no one does that. There's a a lot of the crossing that happens in West Texas happens through the checkpoints, from what I understand. Which mm-hmm. is, you know, it makes sense because people couldn't just walk through the desert f- with drugs on their back in that area. It's not feasible. Right. You'd
2: stick out like a sore thumb.
0: You'd probably pass out. You'd like a, yeah, you, you know,
2: die. die. <laughs>
1: like a hundred percent. Yeah, the scale. Of Those drugs are not going to keep you and...
2: alive through uh, all that stuff. Yeah. So have you gone herping in Mexico?
0: Yeah, I went on a little like weekend expedition and we went to this area right across the border trying to find like municipality records. You know, it's basically like the equivalent of a county record in the United States. And we went over there and did that. Uh, and it, my my professor leads a lot of journeys over there for that same type of deal. And uh, yeah, it's pretty safe. Awesome area. That's it's very similar to what you see on the side of the border. Like. It's not like you wouldn't go over there from West Texas and be like, whoa, I'm in Mexico. If someone didn't tell you. Which I think
1: a lot of more desert and mountains. Yeah. Desert mountains, canyons.
2: Interesting. It's just
1: something that like herpers in general, when we're talking about like collecting, like Mexico has supposedly been a very hard place to get permits to bring. Yeah. It's, it's,
0: I don't know how anyone legally gets snakes from Mexico. Like that's, That's beyond my scope of understanding. Um, I know with the university, we were trying to get specimens like DOR specimens back across the border. And as far as I know, those snakes are still in a jar in some some old lady's house in Mexico right now.
2: (laughs) Wait, you can't even take dead snakes? Mm -mm,
0: That's smuggling. (laughs) It's weird because like, yeah, like if you apply that to another animal that has like a product that's useful, that's smuggling. So they have to treat it equally across the board, even if it's for science
1: when when ari went to png he needed to make sure like if he took blood work and stuff he needed to get permits for that i believe for blood for like if you want to bring any piece of this animal back well, all,
0: all of it is inclusive there's probably someone in asia that needs blood of like a baboon for their for their herbal tonic or whatever like it there's all sorts of people out like who would think that the horn of a rhino would be of any use uh-huh. and you kind of have to apply that to everything like
1: that is the best way to get a boner, I heard. Oh, <laughs> horn of rhino? rhino. <laughs> you got you to gotta powder up the rhino horn, but
2: <laughs> You're
1: gross. I'm kidding, guys. Don't try that.
2: Stop. <laughs> like someone's just getting yeah. a horn of a rhino,
1: you know, yeah. <laughs> where are they get that horn. from. It's obviously joke. But, uh, yeah, uh, now I got myself off track here. Yeah,
2: with that <laughs> great <laughs> joke there. <laughs> so good um so do you feel like or now that you've been doing this for so many years do you have like friends or other people like wanting you to take them out to these places and kind of not tours but you know what i mean something like that
0: yeah and like it's kind of like a it's kind of like a trade like you've got buddies like all these herper people have friends in other states and they like they'll fly out and visit each other and then i'll fly out and visit someone and it's all like exchanging favors you know kind of just like spreading show your me, knowledge, you show me
2: yours. Stuff. I'll yeah. show you mine. Yeah, Can pretty much.
0: Play? So it's not as much of a tour as it is like a, yeah, just like that. Show me yours. I'll show you mine. So, and, and, and I think, that that creates problems too because there's so many people out there that are loose-lipped about that sort of thing. So you have someone that you trust, and then you show them yours, and then they show you theirs, but then you don't tell anybody out Yeah, and then suddenly you run into a random person from the internet in your backyard flipping your tent. So.
1: That sounds pretty personal.
0: That didn't actually happen, but it wouldn't surprise me if it
3: does.
2: (laughs) And so, I mean, obviously the little, uh, the little bit of herping we go out, it's just like flipping logs, whatever. But in the desert, there's not all these like logs and things you're flipping. I'm leading towards a question, but I don't know what it is. Like, what are you, it's going to dump it. Like, what are you looking
0: under, I guess? guess. Okay, I get what you're saying. And that's like, it, it's it's a complete other world than East Coast herping. Like if you're turning over garbage looking for snakes out there, you're hardly going to find anything. It's so dry. I think a lot of what makes flipping stuff out here good is that there's that moisture seal. Mm-hmm. And a lot of snakes will use that for shedding and and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And out there, there's not as much of a moisture seal and there's no springtime and there's no there's not really a fall. Like it's like, I think a lot of the factors that make actually turning stuff over and finding snakes out there kind of redundant. So Mm. uh, a lot of the stuff that you're, you're looking for is on the surface already. And like we talked about rock shining and road cruising worked very well. And that's about all you can do. (laughs) It's like anything else is kind of a waste of time.
1: And it seems like everything else is immovable. So, I mean, you will have an option to not flipping these
0: huge. (laughs) Yeah. And there's, there's not exactly an abundance of logs in West Texas either. (laughs) So it kind of depends on where you are. There are certain areas that, that I've, it's piqued my interest. Like, Hmm. I wonder if that would work here but
2: so then when you come back and you do like Georgia herping and stuff is it like easy to you now since honestly you're- or no, just different. It's
0: harder and like, um, everything about... At West Texas, when I say it's hard to herp, it's hard to herp if you're looking for alterna. If you're not looking for alterna, you're going to have a grand old time. And, <laughs> and that's, like, that's the distinction. Like, if you come back to Georgia and you're looking for... It'd be harder to find any snake in Georgia, like, anything at all, than it would be to go out the West Texas and find a snake, I think. Because really? all you have to do is drive, you know, five miles through the grasslands and you'll see three rattlesnakes. So, it's just a... It's a very different... Like, it's hard to even compare the two because they're just so different. Okay. But overall, I'd say it's it's easier to find snakes in West Texas, but harder to find what you want. Because <laughs> what you want likes to hide. Yeah, what you want's a enigma, <laughs> a phantom.
1: Is there any, like, close second to the Alterna out there?
0: Yeah, I, I'd say, okay. like, honestly, like, I... Every time I see a rock rattlesnake, it gets me excited. Like, if I go out and find a rock rattlesnake, I'm not mad that I didn't find an alterna. Same deal with milk snakes. Uh, we have really beautiful milk snakes in West Texas. Uh, the Transpicos Black-Headed Snake, which is basically like a displaced Australian elapid. And, uh, yeah, look that one up. Let me see. That's pretty much like the big four right there. So, like, when I go out, I'm looking for alterna, Transpicos Black-Headed Snakes, milk snakes, and rock rattlesnakes. Sweet. Do you get eh, sorry. Spiders? It doesn't do it for me. <laughs> you, if you saw one in person, you'd be a, you'd be a little more. They're they're huge. Like I don't know how. Oh really? Are, All the like,
2: pictures make them look pretty small. Yeah,
0: like well, most black-headed snakes are like this, but those things can get like this. And th- I know that's still not that big, but like when you compare <laughs> it to like the rest of their genus of these dinky little centipede-eating snakes, and then you have these things that are like this, and they eat centipedes that are like this, it makes it a little more impressive. Yeah. And they do have, like you, ha- you know, that thing has to have some really weird venom going on to be able to take down a centipede of equal size, like. And that's what fascinates. I think. I think that's what fascinates me the most about them is that they're. We don't know a lot about them. And is that
1: studied? And do you handle them?
0: No, they're not. Like a, we don't know anything about the toxicity of their venom. And I've been bit by several, and nothing's happened. But you know, you can get bit by several coral snakes, and nothing will happen. And then the next time you get bit, you'll drop dead. So. It's a. I think it could be a very, a very similar thing there with, and that applies to a lot of our more misunderstood rear fanged slash non venomous colubrids that, that irritate people but don't actually prove to be you know deadly or haven't yet proven to be deadly, and you never know like with stuff like that. It wasn't very long ago that people thought boomslangs were harmless. So.
1: I think, I think all of a sudden we think rear fang and then like, as long as it's not a boom slang. It's probably harmless. It's a bee sting yeah. or something, yeah. but I don't know if that's necessarily the case.
0: Yeah. Especially with some of these snakes that, you know, that hardly anyone's seen. So. Right. right.
2: I was just looking it up. I wouldn't expect their bellies to be white. And it says it's an all white belly. I wasn't expecting that.
0: Yeah. They do have. Yeah. I guess, and a lot of the, actually, their relative snakes have, like, vibrant colored, like, pink bellies, And that's, like, a lot of people, like, flip them over and they're like, whoa, that's pretty cool. So.
3: Okay.
1: Yeah, but that's something, that's like, cool. I feel like we need, a, we need a new family of snakes. They can be colubrid. All the rear fang stuff, the hognose, the weird stuff. No, hognose are know, different. They else.
0: should not be grouped. But they are just different. Yeah, so. There's so many t- times, like, and that's what taxonomy is so stupid and, like, because, honestly, like, all it really took for, for that to be fact is someone with a Ph.D. said the same thing. Dang it. You know? Right. Yeah, it really is. Taxonomy is a that's a deep source subject.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and you said obviously you have like a pair of Alterna, so you keep a certain amount of snakes.
0: Yeah, I, I keep mostly, colubri- mostly king snakes and mostly Alterna. So pretty much I don't have the means to have a large collection. So mostly small scale Alterna that I plan to breed in the future. And that's about it. And how
1: is that getting wild-caught uh, animals going?
0: It's not hard. Uh, I had I've lost snakes to parasites. That's probably the worst part about it. And uh, you know sometimes you'll get an alternative that doesn't eat anything. But one species of lizard from West Texas <laughs> that sucks. But uh, I'd say of, of most of like the snakes that I've I've got, they all are pretty much problem-free.
1: Are you starting? Can you start them right on uh, right on mice? Or yeah,
0: actually. So the the alternative that i have right now uh, all of them except for one started my straight out of the wild complicated when you have hatchlings so like if you're breeding mm-hmm. alterna i wouldn't expect that to be the case but um you know the first alterna i ever collected was like it, it won't need anything but lizards so i was hesitant to keep any more after that and then i found another one and pretty much ate my straight out of the wild i was like oh maybe they're not all like that so
1: I think I, I read, I think it was maybe Bill Love's book uh, about snake hunters in West Texas. And they would, what they would do is they would find, you know, a group of alternas, but they would have mice on them
0: and they would throw mice in there. Whatever alternative. <laughs> which ate the which mice, I hate? Survival they of the fittest. The other
1: ones, they let go.
0: <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's a pretty good, pretty good strategy. Like if, if I ever caught another lizard eater and I knew it was a lizard eater, I would, I would let it go. Cause it's, it's just not a. It's not a sustainable thing to have, but I mean, since I've got one that eats lizards, I'd say try to limit yourself to the ones that eat lizards um, because that obviously presents some issues.
2: That kind of leads to my next question. What are you looking for in the ones that you decide to keep? Uh,
0: mostly, Mostly, if I find a pair, like if I find a pair that I'm like, oh, I could breed these. I'm like, hell yeah, like that's, you know. I can breed these and then produce, produce hatchlings. So that's, that's been a lot of the ones that I've found that have been pairs. Like, I guess that hasn't happened but twice. But when mm-hmm. I have a pair, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to keep that. And otherwise, it's going to have to be something that this comes from a place that I'm like, I, I want to see one from here, and I'd like to keep these and breed them. So it's specific localities mostly. And a lot of a lot of a lot of weight gets put on whether you're going to collect something or not, because it's not like you're buying it in an expo. You're like taking it from the wild. And a lot of times, like you have to consider that. So I think it's something that shouldn't be taken lightly.
2: Are the Christmas mountains one that Sue would talk about or am I making that up?
1: Well, yeah. But remember, we almost got that beard. Eye, uh pair from the Christmas mountains. That's what I
2: thought. Yeah. yeah. So, and that's in West Texas.
1: Yes. Have you been there?
0: Yeah. That's a, sure. uh, a sore subject. The Christmas Mountains. Christmas Mountains, actually.
1: No, I thought the
2: Christmas... Well, but Stu like, talked about the Christmas Mountains. Stu
0: probably talked about the Christmas Mountains, because that's one of the most infamous alternate localities. Like, it, it'll it kick your ass for 10 years, and then you'll find three in a the night there. It's like one of those places that doesn't make any sense. Uh-oh. And it's just... It's, it's, it's a brutal place to hurt, so... It really wouldn't surprise me if Stu just was...
2: because there. of, like, the grade or, like... No, what? it's just...
0: There's nothing there. Like, it's, like, the alternate there are notoriously hard to find and notoriously beautiful. Like, that's where the black and the orange Halloween alternate that everyone loses their mind come mm-hmm. out. Like, you can find one of those in the wild there. And that's, like... It's probably, I'd say, it's tied for my first place favorite locality. But, you know, I've only put in God knows how many hours of my life looking there and haven't seen anything cooler than a gecko, so...
2: but you'll never stop right no
0: i will never i won't stop until i have two of them so
1: but it's that place where like you don't even get cool animals by accident you just get nothing or you
0: yeah like it's the bycatch is pretty i don't think i've shined any snakes on the cuts there besides night snakes and i mean night snakes are awesome but they're they're everywhere so it's and if you cruise that area like you'll see subox you'll see you know transficuous rat snakes but there's liar snakes there. And that's like, you know, I haven't seen a lie. It's my last species to see in West Texas. So, I that's one of my favorite places to hunt. But also, it's like, oh, I'm going to the Christmases tonight. Don't make me. I don't want to go back to bed because it's just, it's so brutal. It's an Your awesome area. The expectations
3: are just
2: very low. Yeah.
0: When you- and- and the other thing about the Christmases is you could find an alternate there that doesn't really look that spectacular. So, you could you could find like this solid black and orange one, 10 out of 10 that you love, and then you could pair it up with one that's like, eh. And uh, that's kind of sucks too, because if, if you're trying to breed and you find a snake that you don't really like, it's like, oh, you're going to let this thing go and start over again. And that's just like the worst feeling. But, I mean, you could always throw some nice F1s from a, an ugly dad or something, so you never know. But...
1: Are you trying <laughs> to like get the particular phenotype that's known for that area?
0: Yeah. Generally, like when I, I want an exceptional individual if I'm going to collect it, but also, you know, it's, it's the kind of thing I want a unique one too. I don't want the same Christmas sounds alternative that everyone else has. So it's, it's kind of a, it's a really, there's a very fine set of qualifications and I'm, I'm stoked to find any alternate, but if we're talking about something that I actually want to keep and maybe try to breed in the future, it's, it's got a, it's got to be a little special in one way or another.
1: And are you someone to where, I mean, will you keep the line going or do you always want like new wild caught individuals eventually to? No,
0: like I, if I find a pair of Christmases, I'm not going to go back out and try to find a different pair. Like it's probably, and I'll go back out and look for them, but I'm probably not going to try to have like a, you know, a breeding colony or Christmas yeah. Towns turn on. Like a, if I find a pair, I'll be happy with that.
1: Yeah, you have any that are good to go yet? I mean, are you? Yeah, I to sh-
0: I should have nine mile north Sanderson babies next or this spring. So nice. uh, the, the girl that I have right now, I I caught her and she was gravid, and this mm-hmm. this is really weird. She was gravid and didn't lay her eggs until a week and a half ago, but she laid peanut shaped eggs <laughs> that have since turned out to be duds. So. Oh. Yeah, it's it's a weird I'm probably I might give her a year off before I try again and just let her put some more weight on her. But it's really weird that a snake is laying, especially an Alterna, is laying eggs in mid-August. So it's an interesting ecological thing and like a for breeders that are interested in breeding Alterna to consider. How many eggs did she pop out even if they were weird? Uh I think it was it was four. So she had four and that's a that's a good size clutch for a snake that's only, you know. <laughs> Two, two feet long it's probably your first breeding year so yeah
1: that's i was I mean, wondering you know i guess I've, i'm i'm guessing it would be pretty hard for an animal out there to double clutch in a year. yeah oh, there's, a there's small no way she was
0: double make. clutching especially considering like there's a buddy of mine that did telemetry on alterna and the snakes that he was watching didn't move from the place that they hibernated until freaking june so like these snakes literally aren't Whoa. moving like, they're not and. That's not necessarily across the board, but I think it's a pretty valid hypothesis that these snakes aren't budging from their hibernaculum until it rains. Um, I feel
2: like that's it, so rare.
0: It, yeah, and it's crazy that a snake can do that. Like it—it it shows you how hardy they are. Like people think all turner are these fragile snakes, but I really think they're—they're they're quite tough. That—that that, you know they can persist in this environment. So it's a fascinating thing to think about. Like if, if these snakes are really genuinely going into hibernation, and you know, and. The, maybe even as late as December people find alterna that late in the year sometimes. And, you know, dead ones on the road. So, you know, that's a bit easier to find a live one, but they move well into the year and probably will move in the winter time if the appropriate conditions arise. And that's absolutely fascinating to me.
1: What's the typical weather out there in in winter
0: In in winter. So it's, I mean, I've always said it's pretty comparable to Georgia, but it doesn't rain. So it's like, you know, you'll get days that are, almost 80 degrees, and beautiful, but you're not going to find anything on those days. Because actually there was one day, there was one day in February, like the first week of February that I found a couple of snakes out. And I've also found snakes in December. So it's it's not it's not the be all end all that they're not going to be out. It's just not as easy as finding them in the winter here, even though the weather's nice. So,
1: Yeah. Seems like one of those things where if it's a nice day, then they come out for a day. And
0: Yeah. I mean, I find interesting. And this is the craziest thing about it to me. We had a huge snowstorm in 2017, I want to say. And the day the sun came out after the snowstorm, I found a diamondback rattlesnake and a night snake and a bunch of lizards. But I didn't see another snake all winter. Like, because there's moisture there. It's a completely moisture dependent process out there. Whereas out here, it's like, it's just got to be sunny and warm and you'll have winter activity and snakes. So
1: it's like I almost like wonder how much they drink at all. Like yeah. how do they get water at all?
0: And that's why like I I don't think putting a water bowl in with your alternatives necessarily like if you're trying to emulate their natural environment, I think that's going to freak them out cuz be like <laughs> <laughs> I I think they're the kind of snake that like maybe misting them would be a more appropriate way of watering them. Like it's a really interesting thing cuz if you're trying to emulate the the native environment, which is something that I'm interested in doing. It's like you have to take into consideration that like You know, how often do these snakes really drink in the wild? But at the same time, sometimes a snake in the wild could die from not getting rain in time. So you never know.
2: So what is your setup like for your Alterna?
0: So I'm currently in the process of setting up naturalistic uh, tanks for them, which is not something that a lot of people are doing with Alterna. Um, So it's kind of scary because it's like I, (laughs) I could screw up and lose these snakes that, you know, I put 30 nights into finding. Um, but you know, I have small collections, so I think it's the kind of thing that, you know. If I'm putting enough effort you can into
1: give the attention to it,
0: yeah, I've got I've got the native rock in there, and uh, and that's basically like my my the premise that I'm trying to like, I'm trying to get the native rock in there and kind of emulate a, a native environment or cages. So, and I've got some that are just on on aspen and tubs right now because I don't have you know, cages set up. I don't have enough rock from the area. So that's something to do next year, something to look forward to actually like working on next season. So.
2: So you're going to spend a summer in Georgia and not in
0: well. Texas? No, I, I plan to go back to West Texas next year, but you know, it's never certain. It's the kind of thing that requires a lot of planning and a lot of fortune. Like you gotta, you gotta be fortunate to have like the time and the money to do something like that. And I'm not going to say that I will by then because there's no guarantee. So. Get like shopper. I was lucky to be able to do Man, it save
1: there. up that West Texas money.
0: yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a thing that like it really like it, something could happen and I could have to spend an extra three hundred bucks and it could screw over my my plans to do something like that. so
1: right. but I mean, it's so great that you I mean, obviously there's gonna be no other time where you're able to do something like
0: yeah, that. it's and that's how I look at it. like if i'm if I have a family one day and I have a kid, like I can't just pack up and go to West Texas. So, it's the kind of thing you got to do while you're, you know, 22 and trying to figure things out. So, do it while you can. Absolutely.
2: A little subject change a little bit. But, do your views about collecting Alterna out of the wild, do you feel that way about other snakes out of the wild? Is it specific to different ones?
0: Yeah, I really do think that, like, if you're ever collecting something out of the wild, it's something that shouldn't be taken lightly. And a lot, there's a lot of things, like, if, if someone were to, and I, I, I have friends that disagree with collecting alterna and I'm like, okay, that's fine. Like it's okay to disagree about it. And I think I understand where they're coming from. And personally I don't I don't like it when people collect a million because it's like you don't need you don't need six from that same locality. But when it comes to other species, I think I am a little stricter because especially in the East Coast where in West Texas it's a small region but it's a huge region. You have to think of it like that. Like there's so much land out there that collecting alternate is not. Yeah, untouched and vast. It's not like people are never going to to decimate the alternate population by collecting them. But if you come to Georgia and you collect eastern kingsnakes from, you know, the small areas that they can actually occupy in urban Atlanta, then you could wipe out the entire population. Like if someone came out here and started collecting eastern kingsnakes from my spots, I'd be pissed about it. Because it's a very different thing. It's apples, oranges. you got to, like, I think you have to, if you're collecting different species, you have to think intensely about the effects of what collecting that species is going to do. And I think, like, basically, if you're in an area that has a lot of habitat, and it's not likely to change in the future, and you're doing it sparingly, then it's okay. But if you're doing it in an area where you're not supposed to be collecting in the first place, or it's a species that's... It's, it's rare, like, it's actually truly really rare, and it's not just secretive, or it's something that, you know, is coming from an area that's very small. like that, Like, that's its only place, it's its only stronghold in this general area you shouldn't collect from there, because you could wipe out the population. If you take a female, like, for instance, like, you could collapse the entire breeding population by taking a, a single female.
1: Yeah, it's just... I don't know. I hope, uh, luckily, our hobby as reptile keepers has progressed to the point where there's not really any reason to collect uh, at least yeah. native species yeah. for the most part. I mean, whoever yeah. does that, man, like, there's just no. Re- you can get an eastern yeah. king snake for twenty five bucks at a
0: reptile shop. Yeah, show. and that's like it's it's the kind of thing that it's a very specific like. There's a very specific reason set of reasons for you to be collecting something. And if you're looking for something, yeah, like you said, just a generic looking Eastern King snake, there's no reason to collect one yourself. And there's not a lot of places where you could legally and feasibly do so either. Because, you know, a lot of places are protecting them. They're protected in Georgia. You can't collect any native species here. And you also uh, can't keep a corn snake. Or- that was my <laughs> next that
2: was my next thing. I wanted to ask what do you think about that? Because that really makes me angry. I think it's a
0: ridiculous set of laws, but personally it's like I can understand how it could affect you guys, but for me, it's like, you know, good. No one's coming to my spots and collecting snakes, but I can understand where it's like uh, as someone that bases themselves more out of the keeping hobby where it can be frustrating because you can't sell corn snakes at Repticon, and I think that's a bit ridiculous. I think it should probably be reevaluated in one way or another, but I don't think it ever will be because from what I understand, the people who put that law in place did so effectively to the point where it's going to be very hard to get it reversed, so... Gotcha.
1: And anything that protects native wildlife, I am don't i do not really care about. I mean, like, it sucks that we can't sell in Georgia. It sucks that New Jersey that's just over this little bridge here, mm-hmm. you know, we can't sell anything that doesn't yeah. have red eyes or something. But, yeah.
0: I mean, well, at the end and, of the, and the day. And that's not even, as far as I know, you can't even sell albino in Georgia. Yeah, yeah, you can't sell Yeah, albino. Albino, I, think, is, I think that's a bit ridiculous.
1: We have snakes that are so far from the wild type.
0: And yeah, I was just, looking at some of your corn snakes on Instagram the other day. I was like that's kind of ridiculous that these people couldn't sell these snakes in Georgia.
2: Right. It's like, I understand you don't want anyone, you know, catching them or whatever. I get that, but I don't know. This one kid who wants to keep a corn
1: snake as a pet. I can't sell it to him. The easiest and best snake you could ever keep as a first pet. It's going to give that kid a good experience when instead he's going to have to get a cow king and And get bit by it. (laughs) Exactly. Are interesting individuals. So, you know,
2: it's just a whole it's a whole state it's a whole you know it's just like new jersey's much smaller so it doesn't affect me as much it's also but the like, most
1: northern part of the range and they're yeah. very rare there and it's just uh, yeah. in the pine barrens that they exist and small pockets right that. but
2: Georgia's not like that <laughs> like
0: yeah it's it's definitely the kind of thing that's like it's a corn snake like and, it, and i think the, i think the entire thing should be reevaluated. and i think if it's clearly a not a wild type snake then it What's the right. point?
3: Like lot. Someone right. didn't
0: collect that from Georgia or for things like corn snakes, just install some sort of license that people have to buy. That's like 20 bucks and then they can sell corn snakes.
3: Right. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. The state could generate revenue to conserve the wild corn snakes. It's just, it's a simple solution to a dumb problem. That's like, in the end, I don't think about it a lot because it doesn't really affect me. Like there's been very few times when I was like, you know what? I want to keep something from my home state, but it's it's the kind of thing that also when I think about people like you guys that could actually benefit from having that not be the case. It's like that is kind of ridiculous.
3: <laughs>
2: yeah, I can't remember. Did we talk about um, licenses to collect in Texas?
0: I think we touched on it, but I might have changed the subject because I went off on a tangent. But <laughs> it's it's a uh, it's a pretty pretty easy licensing system. Um, you just if anyone's watching this and wants to go to West Texas and be able to collect, you have to buy. If you're not a resident of Texas, you have to buy an out-of-state hunting license with a reptile and amphibian stamp. And it's going to be about 60 bucks, I think, for a week, which is oh, – it's, it's not terrible. It's not outrageous. And uh, you can get them at Walmart. You can get them at sporting goods stores. No one's going to know what you're talking about, but just talk them through and make sure that you get the out-of-state, five-day, non-resident license, general hunting license, non-game, and a reptile and amphibian stamp. And you will be good.
2: So do you have to then- get it done every – I mean. Five days since you're not a resident
0: ah uh, no you can buy you can buy annual licenses too so okay. if, but if you're just coming for if you're just coming for a week for like a trip but if you're gonna spend the whole summer out there just buy an annual license it's like twice the price or something so
1: and that goes for for anyone who's interested in pretty much any state you got to know exactly what permit you need or else the they Walmart don't people know don't <laughs> <know>. yeah
0: <laughs> they never do and I actually had a buddy that almost got in trouble in Texas because the Walmart people sold him the wrong license so I mean, it's not, I don't understand why why the software is so complicated that it's not as simple as clicking, you know, non-resident, non-game hunting license and reptile and amphibian stamp. But Also,
2: Walmart so, just feels like not the place to do it.
0: I yeah, i do it in like, a sporting goods store maybe. Right, I was
2: about to say, like in Texas, I feel like you got um, Bass Pro or like, what is it? Cabela- Cabela's. I feel like those people that, probably know happens. a little yeah. bit more. Than well, the Walmart people. And if you're
0: coming to West Texas, there's a. I want to. I want to. I don't think you can get them at the gas station, but there's like a a hardware store in Alpine that you can buy them from. I think, and I think people probably come in there all the time and they know what they're doing. So it's better than you know stopping at a random Walmart in Dallas on your way out that probably never even heard of a snake hunter. So
1: exactly. Yeah. Well, in PA, I needed to get a fishing license in order to get a rattlesnake stamp. In order to take pictures of timber stuff. So. <laughs> really? <laughs> wow. So, so and it was $120. So it wasn't. Jesus. Six.
2: And it was, and, and it, it was, was only for a couple days, right?
1: Yeah. It was for, uh, it was three days. Three a t- days. $120.
2: <laughs> and I don't understand why it's like under the it fishing it. aspect, but.
1: Yeah. no, took like, forever to find days. out what I needed to get. So yeah. So it's very need. confusing. And you need, uh, you need reflect like reflective vests and stuff. Yeah. So,
0: yeah, you have to wear, I want to say it's, don't quote me on this again, if you can look it up, I think it's 144 square inches of reflective material, so just buy a construction vest. <laughs> You're not there <laughs> measuring,
2: wait. Historically,
0: there were game wardens that would measure the square inches of, of the reflective material on your no. vest, but I don't think that's a problem in 2019. Thank no
2: you. one's going out in there and checking you at 9pm, 10pm at night, measuring your yeah. reflective gear.
0: I, I would really hope not in 2019, but you never know. The law enforcement out there is a something else. So, do they harass you? Yeah. How
2: often are you seeing law
3: enforcement out there?
0: It depends on the year. This year wasn't bad, but in 2018 it was daily, or 2017 it was daily. We got cited for something that we couldn't fight in court. That was actually not illegal. There's like, if you go to court out there, you're screwed. The courts out there are completely backwards. Like I
2: can only imagine. Give you us to, money,
0: you're you. have to pay a five hundred dollar court fee to even challenge your ticket in Presidio County, and if yeah. you lose, you don't get that back. It's a lit- It's literally a kangaroo court. It's completely illegal. But I don't have the time or energy to fight that. But if, like, I I just the advice I would give is if you follow those rules, then you don't get caught road cruising. You're fine. But just like it's a nightly thing out there, expect to get pulled over while you're snake hunting. So. And and not always by Game wardens. like the cops out there, like the city cops, the county cops are interested in what you're doing because of things like immigration and stuff. Like there's people right. walking around with flashlights, they're gonna see what you're doing. So if you're watching this and planning on going to West Texas, just you know, don't bring then, in weed with you and watch over your shoulder if you're doing anything illegal. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: be responsible with your illegal, illicit activity. Yeah. Everyone, well. Uh,
2: i shouldn't reveal anything about it but everyone says <laughs> west texas is the worst place to drive with pot they said like you're yeah. gonna get pulled over yeah, 100 the they're gonna yeah because like, they're gonna check your so car and
0: and like i wouldn't know anything about that but there's a yeah, lot of like, you can't like there's so <laughs> there's so much enforcement out there that you can't it's just not it not worth the risk so
2: And it's like I know a lot of people like Colorado, being where it is. Yeah, they just come right down, and they're like, "Oh, we
1: drive right
3: to Texas,"
2: and it's like, "Oh no, like it's so bad." I
1: got I got pulled over right from when I I was moving from Colorado to Texas, and from where? Colorado. You just said uh, Colorado. (laughs) (laughs) There's something wrong with Colorado. But I got I got pulled over. Colorado. Colorado. As, As soon as I got to New Mexico, I got pulled over.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because like they're just it, waiting for people. And it was like, Cops mm-hmm. know the things that they can they can like nitpick about because it's you know you're technically in a different state now. It's it's that way. That state line stuff's applicable anywhere you're traveling. Just be wary around state lines.
1: But I mean, if you say that you're snake hunting, are they like, rare, rare, rare? Only
0: good snakes, dead snake. Get out of here, kid. Yeah, what's their reaction usually? Well, usually they'll say the only snake, good snakes, a dead snake, and then just drive away. But I mean, sometimes you will have cops that'll call a game warden to make sure you're licensed. I know a buddy that had a state trooper sit there and wait till a game warden showed up to check his license. Wow,
2: oh, like, at like 10 at yeah, night?
0: Like... Later, like, you know, sometimes the herpers are out there till three in the morning. And like, actually, there was, I only got pulled over during one 24-hour time span this year. And I got pulled over four times, if I remember correctly, in the same night. And it was because there was a music festival in town. and they were profiling everybody looking for drugs and i was just trying to play pokemon go and look for snakes <laughs> and i got pulled over three times once of which was by border patrol and all of which were between three and six in the morning
3: and
2: they just um, didn't have anything better to do
0: yeah and i think they were all nice but it's like come on this
3: your buddy little... you just
0: watch me get pulled over by your buddy by your friend <laughs> like, i swear to god this guy watched us get pulled over and it, we didn't get pulled over but they, this guy actually just rolled up and asked us what we were doing, didn't light us up or anything. And then he pulled into the gas station and was sitting with a sheriff. And we drove by, and the sheriff pulled out and uh, pulled us over. I was like, oh my
1: goodness. So he must have not had jur- jurisdiction on whatever you're something. doing for some reason. Or he so, thought the like sheriff.
2: they would like pull it back out once they thought they got a, you know, whatever yeah. it is they were hiding. He thought, oh, they'd be like, oh, we're in the clear. Let's light it yeah, up. It
0: was ridiculous. <laughs> but, hey, that's just, I mean, if you're ever in West Texas, just. Obey it's the bad. laws for a week, and you'll yeah. be good. <laughs> and you can go back to your debauchery as soon as you leave Brewster County. But <laughs> that's your—that's your, your your nonverbal warning from someone who's not a cop. Be careful in West Texas. That's what I've heard a lot. Yeah, I mean, and I
1: can imagine you know on long nights when you're gathering with all your friends, like yeah, some people are going to be doing the wrong
0: thing. So right, I mean yeah, and you've always got that one guy in the group who says he doesn't have anything on him, and then he does. So. Don't bring that guy to West and Texas. Then you,
2: yeah, and then you all get in trouble.
0: Yeah, you'll all go to jail if the person puts you over or gets detained by Border Patrol. And that's not cool. Yeah,
1: because I mean, I can imagine. I mean, just you know, they probably are not. You know, they're not exactly going crazy about their wildlife. They're not pulling you over because you're worried. They're worried about you know the, the Texas wildlife and whatnot.
0: No, not. Yeah, none of those guys actually care about snakes. Are you kidding me? No <laughs> does There's the- actually. Some of them, some of the game wardens actually. Do I was care just about, about to
2: ask that. I feel like
0: some of the wardens should. It's a new development, but it's 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 a good thing, I think. So,
1: yeah. Well, our time in Texas, at least in West West Texas, at, uh I don't know, Texas Parks and Wildlife, unfortunately, doesn't doesn't do the steps appropriate to protect their native uh, snake oh, species.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, based on the fact that the people at the Sweetwater Rattlesnake Roundup don't have. Have you point. been to that? No. I make it a point to not even stop and buy gas and sweet water, even though it's on the way. So, and I would encourage anyone watching to do the same.
2: It's, I, we've talked about a lot on here, but uh, it's, I don't think I'll ever go to anything like that. Like, it's different than anything I've ever done in my life. And <laughs> I've done a lot of, weird stuff but that was just
1: yeah funny. that's an interesting piece of culture that you didn't think would be in the united states
2: oh i thought oh no i knew it ex- i knew it existed i just never thought me this person <laughs> sitting here
1: you were stuck out
2: of that. Sure. I, I mean I, I stuck out a lot being us together stuck <laughs> out. i mean i feel like i was asking yes yeah, because we're not
1: texans right
2: yeah yeah oh, that's how I
3: stuck out. <laughs> we're not texans. Uh,
2: exactly but I mean, thankfully there's no trouble. I just I probably looked like a deer and had people the were whole nice. time. Were nice. I know, so but nice. I mean, my eyes were just like, oh wait, you guys do this? Wait, you do that? Wait, that's a head. You're doing this, that's a bucket uh, of heads. Oh God, <laughs> yeah. God! Like it just kept going higher and higher.
0: Yeah, right. it's it's right. a it's a whole series of topics that just like you could go into all night about. just – it's ridiculous. It says a lot about our society and the state of Texas that that's the only place that still has a roundup of that scale that hasn't been converted into conservation-based.
1: Yeah, and we were. I mean, I was lucky enough to go to the like a PA roundup, and it was awesome much tamer yeah. And, yeah and we've
0: got our local roundup in georgia's been converted to non-kill where the orient society is there and teach oh. the on the one that
2: you have out there wait tell like, us I've about never, it i didn't know there was I've never been
0: but i know that like it's, it's pretty much 100 percent. i know and it's, it's always during my <laughs> spring break so i'm always traveling or herping or something but it's uh like it's in march and they have it so i encourage you to go if you're in georgia in march and and scott Basically it's just an education festival now and the Claxton Rattlesnake Appreciation Festival or something is what they call it. But and you know, people from Orient Society and all that will be there and uh you can talk to them and see their snakes and looks like a pretty cool gig.
1: Yeah, I think we just need to support all the non kill roundups yeah, and stuff exactly. like that.
0: That's- that's the best thing you can do is support the non kill. And, and
1: we have proof to say, you know, this is a successful event. Right, it can Other be done. Can do but yeah, I mean,
0: I, from what I understand, the Claxton Roundup's doing better since it converted to no kill.
2: I mean, it's also like, what is their goal? I don't think the Sweetwater, like, their goal isn't to educate people. I'm, I don't think it is. They don't yeah. have a goal. Like, right. Like,
1: well, make money for the town.
2: Their goal honestly, is yeah. to have a, uh, sweetwater queen or princess and to have her do her little pageant like
1: all small texas
2: louisiana towns do but it's the and only it's time to, they ever
1: have anyone come it, into their town and spend money right. then it's a big part of their, it's, their economy it's, which is why it's so and
0: the thing about that i'm calling bs on their claim that it actually impacts their economy because they're off of i-20 in oil country like literally like so many people stop there for gas so many people stop there for snacks so many people stop there to eat and they're an oil country like that town is like they have no reason. There's no way that a little rattlesnake festival is generating that much for their economy. There's no way. Like it's, I, it's unbelievable to me.
2: I feel like a lot of the people who were there were like from there. I mean, yeah, they are. They, like they seem like they're from. You know, it's like they there, seem yeah. like they're from there or the surrounding areas. And know.
0: they all seem to be under the impression that. Sweetwater has a bigger rattlesnake problem than the rest of the world, quote unquote, problem. When in reality, everywhere else in Texas has just as many rattlesnakes. Right.
2: And they always have like a justification for how they collect it. Like,
0: you
2: know, we got into some talks with random people online. They're like, oh, no, but the gassing, this is why like blah, 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 blah. There's a reason. And when you try to offer like, oh, but why can't you do this? They always have a reason for why can't they do it.
1: If if they had to hunt rattlesnakes like you have to do all turn out, I would feel okay about it. If you yeah, got but one. they
0: don't. They can just walk up to a den and get 50 of them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> And then they use that as justification for them having too many rattlesnakes. Like, you found a hibernaculum. Sick. Like, it's ridiculous to me.
1: Yeah. But that's so, I don't know, it's depressing, man.
0: Not can do anything. Especially that they can use gasoline to, like, I, I think they tried to make that illegal maybe. I heard something about that. Like but.
1: Texas Parks and Wildlife, they literally – someone voted on it or did something. And then there are just too many lobbyists for the people of Sweetwater and the JCs and stuff that yeah. it got turned down. Um, so so yeah. they did
0: try to make it illegal and it got turned down? Yeah. That's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. So
1: then it's like, wait. So what is Tex, Texas Parks and Wildlife or whatever the hell they're called doing for their natural –
0: I mean, ecology, I mean, I guess ideology. there's
2: something else that's higher up on their list. I don't know what it is.
0: Money, but... <laughs> yeah, money. The the rich people in Sweetwater that are oil barons and have millions of dollars at their expense that they can use to contribute and pay their paychecks. But that's how it goes. I mean, they, Texas Parks and Wildlife does do good conservation. Um, they just turn a blind eye to that, and that's ridiculous. Like, it's and it's not. I, there are people in Texas uh, Parks and Wildlife that have done a lot to get rid of that i know several of them personally and i know people that have worked very hard but it's the kind of thing that has literally quite literally ended their career because it's it's such a controversial issue it's like it's not even worth like and someone who's in a high up in texas parks and wildlife it's not worth them sticking their neck out at this point which is unfortunate but it's like i mean the people that can stop the texas rattlesnake roundups are like the people of texas it mm-hmm. comes down to that like don't go there. Don't support it. It's just like, that's the easiest thing you can do.
1: And everyone's, you're always discounted. The The biggest argument we got is that because we're city folks,
0: that's why we don't well, know. Yeah, what, we're you, know, yuppies. You, know, you don't, you don't know anything thing. about rattlesnakes because you're city folks or yeah, because you don't live in Texas. city folks. It's like, Oh my God.
2: Yeah. We're two yuppies.
1: The worst thing you could ever be from. Oh Dallas. yeah.
2: Sweetwater. They don't like Dallas or big city. Really? people. Well, Dallas just like
1: LA to them, you know. They're like, <laughs> yeah, the people there are soft. And, I hope no one's watching
0: from Sweetwater. I hope. I mean, from Sweetwater.
1: If they made it this far, I mean, they must yeah. be in this <laughs> Yeah, yeah I'm True. Cool.
0: Honestly,
2: I might would love to have someone on from Sweetwater. It it was civil and. They uh, explain their... I don't know. I probably wouldn't end up civil, so that'd probably be a bad Yeah, idea. I'll,
0: I'll have to sign off and let y'all handle that if we want <laughs> to
2: do it. <laughs> um, shoot. Oh, like, speaking of conservation, well, somewhat. Are there any, like, herp societies or anything in Georgia that are, like, a big society?
0: So the biggest the biggest one that, that I, you know, have contributed to and donated to and tried to support is the Orient Society. I know you guys have talked about them before at least. Um, And they pretty much do everything under the sun um, in terms of local conservation. They've they've got turtle programs, snake programs, you know, general land management programs. Um, So, they try to maintain a lot of the land here in Georgia that's appropriate habitat for these snakes. And I think that's the best thing you can do for things like eastern indigo snakes and eastern diamondbacks and snakes like that that are in danger of like being extinct because of habitat destruction. So...
2: And then is it like on the local level, are there more like city groups? Uh, I know
0: there are, but I have unfortunately not spent enough time looking into that. I know in my general area, there's not, I know the Amphibian Foundation is based out of Atlanta. So if you're you're talking broad scale Atlanta conservation, you've got the Amphibian Foundation, uh, Southern Conservation Trust does a lot of land, you know, they they support these tiny parks around uh, Metro Atlanta that are provide great habitat for species like the Eastern king snake that uh, live in these little, they rely completely on these little islands of habitat, you know, and in the suburban sprawl, which I think is something that at least the Southwest side of Atlanta has done very well, as we do have a lot of parks down here for species like the Eastern king snake to exist. And that, uh, you know, it's not the best because these are snakes that do have a relatively large home range, and they do have to wander out to neighborhoods even with these parks, but it's better than nothing. So...
2: That makes sense. Sorry, we were just talking about local hopes, herb societies. I uh, didn't know the Orient Society was in Georgia, so I should have known that before I asked that question.
0: <laughs> yeah, headquarters are actually <laughs> in, in the mountains of North Georgia, which is uh, interesting because they do indigo stuff, but it's where their offices are. And uh, they do have, like, they, they have an actual indigo snake preserve here in Georgia that's a big chunk of land that they bought that they manage for eastern indigos.
1: Have you gotten a chance to go out and see one?
0: Yeah, I, I actually almost all the indigos I've gotten to see have been on field trips that have been managed by the Orient Society. They take people out to their to their properties basically and get people, m- members of the Orient Society involved in indigo snake conservation, which is really cool. That's awesome. Yeah, and you'll get to do anything from tracking an indigo to finding new indigos and implanting them with uh, pit tags so they can be tracked in the future.
2: Oh, sweet.
1: So okay,
2: I don't know oh, okay, if this ahead. is your mom or a family member. Oh, but I can't show it because Streamyard is like delayed. You see, it hasn't done it. Yep. Okay. So- Sorry, I was gonna like make it show up on the screen, but Denise Fields said, "Ask okay, Noah." Mom.
0: <laughs>
3: Hi, mom.
2: Uh, Ask Noah about the river and the wall. A great dem- documentary about the region.
0: Yeah. So that's back to West Texas. If we're talking about uh you know, if you're trying to learn a little bit more about how West Texas is faring in our current political system, which I know is a subject to generally avoid on podcasts, but I think it's pretty <laughs> applicable for hurt people. Um, and it gives you a little bit more insight, to This, like, you know, the security with law enforcement that we have to deal with out there. Uh, it's basically about the ecological impacts that a border wall would have. And uh, it really, like, if you're just trying to learn more about West Texas in general, it focuses on More than just West Texas, but it's got a really interesting segment on the region. So
1: So what is the issue as far as, um, I mean, do animals freely migrate through, I mean, the borders, I would suppose?
0: Yeah, and the uh, basically what I got from the documentary is that the biggest issue doesn't exactly, and this is just for Hertz at least. The biggest issue that's presented isn't necessarily that they can't cross a border wall because no matter how they build the wall, from what I can gather it's not going to be as big of an issue for herps as it is going to be for things like mammals i think the biggest impact's going to be for mammals so and uh, like generally the only thing that would affect herps is you know the the smaller scale habitat destruction that would come with building a wall which is in my opinion not not the biggest deal but when you have west texas and it's immensity Uh, the biggest thing would be, you know, things like black bears and mountain lions that rely on being able to cross the river and use the water as the river as a water source that the border wall would actually affect. Not that they could build a border wall in West Texas anyways, because there's, you know, a giant mountain range and actual cliffs. But
1: I feel like the terrain does it for you.
0: (laughs) The the terrain doesn't really uh, it, it. It's not conducive to building another wall when there's already a
2: natural the wall
0: cliff face <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's literally a a cliff face <laughs> like you could not cross the river there in parts of big bend if you wanted to because you'd have to jump off a cliff into the river to do that
2: and if you somehow do it i feel like you deserve to be living you how dare
0: you yeah
1: someone's gonna if hate you, you make it yeah, if you can if make it, it across that if you that can make road, it you deserve power you to can, you. Can,
2: yeah <laughs> not not suggesting anyone tries this But somehow, I don't know, you build something.
0: Yeah, what if you made it across that river just to uh, get pulled over by Border Patrol on the other side? That'd be pretty tragic. Yeah, okay.
2: (laughs) Yeah, we could go down a long road with that discussion. That's a
0: rabbit hole for sure. Yes. (laughs) Yes, I always <laughs> so try
2: to usually see Like, yeah, there's enough snake politics to steer away from yeah, that like
3: stuff.
2: Speaking of that, somewhat, how like involved or aware of you of like the keeping side of reptiles? Are you you know? Do you know anything about it? Do you go to shows ever? All that kind of stuff.
0: So I'm I'm relatively in the loop when it comes to things like you know, the legislation. And I, at the same time, I couldn't actually name it. But I am I remember back when everyone was worried that, and justifiably so, that they were going to take away all constrictors of any kind and all that. Um, but beyond that, really, I kind of clicked through that stuff on Instagram, because it's just people preaching. And it's not like, it's not that I don't care about it. It's just the kind of thing that I'm like, show me snakes, not politics. <laughs> you know. That applies to everything. But if if there's a certain thing that I need to be aware of that's applicable to everybody, then you know that's the kind of thing that I'd love to know about because, you know, I'd love to to do my part. But
2: are you in the like? I'm assuming there's like alternative Facebook groups and stuff. yeah,
0: there's there's quite a few alternative, alternative Facebook folks. groups, huh? alternative folks. And uh, are you
2: in that one? Yeah, of course.
0: There's of course. a locality. What's what's that one called? Um, Oh, Alterna nuts, field observations and all that. So, there's there's tons of Alterna groups.
2: And is but, there drama in them?
0: <laughs> yeah, actually, there's been some ridiculous stuff that's happened. You know, people, especially with things like Alterna, that's like... I actually, like, I've been involved in it a couple of times just because, of, you know, people... These are snakes that people dedicate their lives to finding and when when people waltz in and and succeed... A lot of people are not uh, happy about that. So <laughs> you kind of have to put some spoons on your eyes and block out the haters sometimes. <laughs>
3: <you
0: know? laughs> I actually had a guy spit at me a couple, like earlier in the summer, like his person being at what? this cut or was yeah, it from so, something
1: from the internet?
0: No, it, it was, it was some guy that he's, he's a, he's an internet personality, like on a low scale, but I don't know him. Um, I had no idea who he was until it happened, but This was like, so there's general, like there's alterna drama in and of itself, if that's what you're referring to, like what you were trying to ask about more so. Um, But generally, when you're looking for alterna and you pull up to a cut, you want to herp and someone's there, you bugger off and leave them alone and let them have the cut because first come, first serve. And uh, I was at this cut it was one that I frequent all the time. And this guy pulls up and just gets out and starts walking the cut. And he was with, I guess his wife. And I, I you know, I rather politely confronted him at first. I was like, dude, what's what's up? Hey, I'm and here. He, yeah. Like he didn't. And it, it would have been a completely different thing if he'd stopped and been like, Hey, do you mind if I walk this cut with you? I would have, I would have the night that I found an alternate on that cut. I let someone walk the cut with me and I still found the snake. So I'm kind of the belief that, you know, if, if you're meant to find one, you're going to find it whether or not someone's there or not. So I was like, you know, I would have been like, yeah, but, I mean, this guy just hopped on and pretended I wasn't there. And like when I tried to talk to him, he literally like tried to outpace me and I caught up and I was like, dude. What? And I was so polite about it at first. And then he started getting snappy with me and started talking about like, is it something along the lines of take your east coast bullshit back to georgia or something when i told him where i was from i was like this is not east coast bullshit. this is you (laughs) god it was so ridiculous and then when he drove by like he was driving away he spit out his window at so i mean that guy's since been kind of put on blast on the internet for that whole thing but that's just kind of that's an example of what i'm talking about um when
2: when you're out there at 12 a.m where you're from goes out the way, like you know, he's whatever. You are clearly dedicated. You're both weirdos, You're, you're fun, both out there, right? Snake, like man. you can Just be like from Manhattan, yeah, it, New York, and you're out there. Like okay, you're fine.
0: And the craziest thing about this entire thing was this guy lied and told me he lived there his whole life or something like, or like ten years or something. The dude moved to Alpine from Missouri last year.
2: So he can't. He's not even from Texas.
0: (laughs) (laughs) He like uh, apparently thinks he's got the honorary, you know, I'm from Texas and better than you card without even being from Texas. Whoa! (laughs) It was it was a really eye opening situation and people. And that's that's the worst that's happened to me, but it's not the first time that something of that nature has happened out there. And it's it's why I like my little quiet part of Georgia that I don't ever have to run into herpers I don't know (laughs) and. hope it stays so that way like
1: uh, are there like general ground rules or different things that you can do to disrespect respect each other when it comes to alterna
0: yeah or just you know just herping, herping, in, general. In, general. herping in general yeah i mean there's god dude this is another rabbit hole i've got I've got this one guy that that's actually lives in Georgia now that spent the better part of the spring following me around and like literally like herping the spots I was herping the next day and he even like like I was walking with my girlfriend one day and we were out you know looking for a snake and this guy comes barreling through the woods it's like this guy's like six three and just comes barreling through the woods at me and my (laughs) girlfriend I don't I was like god maybe I need to get a concealed carry permit or something like it was ridiculous that like and then he would literally show up at these spots that I was hurting like a week later. And it was like, not even a week, like a day later. And it was, he was tracking you somehow. He yeah, was literally like, he was using, and this is bums me out. He's like using cues for my YouTube and stuff, I guess, to figure out where I was. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, if you're in Georgia and you have a general knowledge of the area, it's not hard to do. Which is why, I mean, like, it's not the biggest deal in the world, but it's still like, oh my God, come on, dude.
1: Is that, is that a thing that you, do you actively try to not get landmarks in pictures? Yeah, yeah.
0: I, I do what I can to not. And, and West Texas, it's one thing because everyone knows everything to a degree out there. Things that people don't know about, I don't even broach the subject on in West Texas. But out here, it's the kind of thing that, you know, if someone watched my videos and had a general knowledge of the area and got like the smallest hint from like a word of mouth hint, then they could figure it out easily. And that's, I, I had someone from within my circles was leaking shit to this guy. And, uh, you know, from that he could use any of my social media to figure out where I was at. And he, he didn't have bad intentions. I don't think, which is why it ended as peacefully as it did, but it's just annoying. And why are you are know, your own person? Don't, don't follow me around. It's not, it's common sense. Just it's a big right. state. Find your own spots.
1: Yeah, I mean, you can start off, I mean, with a jumping off point, but man, you can just find your yeah. own spot. Or... And
0: it would have been, an, and once again, it would have been an entirely different scenario if this guy had approached it differently and like just, you know, said something, used his mouth, <laughs> like <laughs> used Instagram DMs or something to like, con- like con- communicate with people. Like, it's not hard. And it's just the kind of thing, like every problem in the world could be solved with a little bit of communication from time to time, like. It just blows my mind that people have such a hard time with that.
2: So that kind of leads us into social media and that. Oh, when did you decide to start your like Instagram and YouTube? Ooh, and, wow.
0: And <laughs> that's a, God, I'm going to have to, I think I joined Instagram. I want to say I started posting on Instagram in 2012. Oh, like, wow. Been, yeah. yeah. Like there were very few hurt people on Instagram when I started. Back practicing. when it was just pictures of food yeah exactly with really oh. shitty filters on them <laughs> and back then even my snake pictures had really shitty filters on them like if you scroll down to the bottom of my instagram which good luck with that because like every time i try to actually scroll down to the bottom of my instagram you my phone
3: acted.
0: my phone glitches and like instagram crashes <laughs> I and i literally couldn't for the longest time get to the bottom and you know i don't know if that was my phone at the time i haven't tried since i got a new one but yeah that was uh i've always been posting stuff on instagram and it just kind of one day I realized like people are actually looking <laughs> and tried to make it a point to, you know, post slightly more meaningful things. And,
1: and I don't think more. very often, I mean, herping doesn't really have as much of a spotlight on it as far as like, uh, on social media and stuff. Obviously there's a lot of reptile keepers and giant personalities yeah. involved Yeah. With, with field herpers. It doesn't seem that way.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's still the kind of thing that like there's people out there that, like see that you're posting all your finds on this room i'm like this guy doesn't he's looking for instant gratification or something these old cranky people that just oh my god it really makes me want to stop but it's the kind of thing that like you know what if i'm pissing these people off i'm gonna keep doing it so you're doing something yeah, I i'm did doing not doing right. realize I'm just, awesome.
2: how many pictures he has so i just looked he is four times <laughs> the amount of pictures we have like
1: four thousand yeah
2: and we've been posting like pretty much every day if not twice you know a day for the past three years years. and i felt like that was a lot and you have four times the amount.
0: i I mean i've been doing that since 2012 basically at least once a day uh, for the most part i mean i'll go through you know spells where for whatever reason i'm not uploading stuff the second i find it and that's another thing a lot of the stuff you see on my instagram is from last week it's not like More often than not, I'm not posting it when it happens because that's how I get random people from the internet. Tracking you. Barreling through the woods trying to talk to me and my girlfriend. (sighs) (laughs) So
2: then when did the YouTube aspect of it?
0: YouTube was a very recent development. That was a – I made the realization that, you know, there's a lot of people making – making big things happen from youtube channels doing stupid stuff and i was like you know i do something stupid let's film it and see people watch it and uh that's it's gone pretty well so far i started doing weekly videos in january and that's when i mean i've always uploaded like you know clips to youtube since probably about the same time i started my instagram but uh i really haven't you know put any effort into it until this year and now it's like a part-time job almost i spend you know i have three days a week dedicated to filming and uploading so it's, you were
2: able to do that even when you're spending five hours, six hours at, uh, out in Texas,
0: yeah, and I mean what I was that's not even the worst part like before I went to Texas, I was working fifty hour weeks, like full time uh-huh. and uh and filming you know at least three days a week, and then I'd get home from work, edit a video, pass out, wake up in five hours, and go back to work and uh you know i'm since I'm taking a break from school, I need the money so so I can get back to school and uh so it's just, it, I mean, it was really fun. It was the kind of like I got a new car. Like I've been, you know, the grind paid off uh, earlier this year, and it was the kind of thing that like I'm like it changed my life really. It's it's been awesome so far, and you know, I'm having a blast.
1: And I think a a big part of it is first there's like there's a good amount of field harping channels out there, but a lot of them are a little bit too like long winded and not you
0: and know, they're not they don't upload consistently, and that's yeah. the thing that like that uh, like people ask have asked me like how are you doing so well? It's like, you got to upload videos to to have success on YouTube. That's the key. And, uh, you know, I've got a couple of friends that are trying to get into it. Like you got to upload, like you gotta, gotta be weekly at least. Like I'm not uploading enough to, to be completely successful. So that's something that I'm trying to improve on probably next year. I'm going to try to do, you know, four videos a week at least if I can. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, that's probably going to depend on how I feel at the end of the year. So, <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, we'll unfortunately,
1: see. YouTube is that thing the more you put into it, the more you Absolutely, get out. 100%. But the thing is when you're making videos, it's so hard to produce that much content.
0: It's, yeah, it's unbelievable. And it, like and it's not like And the time. Like if, if you're yeah, and if you're making like YouTube videos, I I think that the subject I make my YouTube videos about is easy. But you still have to you're like compared to these two Yeah.
3: Right,
0: but it it doesn't feel like work. I, it doesn't feel like work until I sit down at the computer after work, like after real work, and I'm like, shit, I have to spend three hours editing a video before I go to bed. Or my subscribers are gonna unsubscribe and leave me. <laughs> Which <laughs> is not a realistic concern, but it's like it's I think it's a pretty common feeling among YouTubers that like they get this anxiety that if they don't upload on this day, then everyone's gonna stop watching them.
1: Mm-hmm. But I think it's also the fact that you are – I see a lot of young herpers have have uh, like younger kids. But obviously you're like a younger dude and you're like living this lifestyle where it's like it seems like all you do is find snakes. So it's like – it's obviously attractive for everyone to watch. Like,
0: Yeah. Go, yeah. Like, and I, I, I kind of assume that was part of it, part of why people enjoy watching my videos so much, which is fine by me. Like – you know but i don't want people to take for granted how much work actually goes into that and how much work goes into being able to do that like like i'm pretty sure there's plenty of people out there that think i just you know mooch off my parents and and they pay for all this and there's people out there that are probably wondering if i sell drugs in my free time to make money to do this <laughs> like nope i have a regular job and you know right now i'm not working full time but that's because i worked full time for 6 months so that i could get to where i am right now you know, to, to be able to actually make money from what I'm doing and work a job so that I can do more of what I enjoy to get to where I maybe won't have to do anything, but what I enjoy one day, you know, that's obviously the end goal is to, to be able to, you know, educate people and share what I love for a living. So,
1: yeah, I think, I think it's, uh, it's lost upon people what goes into it, but also it's like, they're not willing to do the things that you're willing to do or make the sacrifice that you're, they're not willing yeah. to sleep outside in Texas, you know, during the and,
0: summer. And I can't expect people to like, I can't, you can't expect people to, to be willing. And I also have this, like a lot of people don't have what I have when it comes to support. Like my family does support me. My girlfriend supports me. Everyone around me supports me. And I know that's hard for a lot of people that don't, you know, they're, they they did not grow up with parents who caught snakes and brought them home to show their kid, and like, you know, just getting them to let them have a pet snake's hard when you're a teenager. So I completely understand that there's people out there that this is like, it fascinates them because they can't do that. And, you know, I wish everybody could because it's awesome. So uh,
2: I don't know if I'd support you going out to West Texas for two months. Plus, no, hate me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not that
1: girlfriend. <laughs> well, obviously, I would need like not a snake collection.
2: Yeah, true. Also, I'd be yeah. taking
0: care of the 100 plus snakes we have. That's talks. that's what's nice about having a small collection. And, uh, you know, I only recently actually got a pet that's not a snake. So I I have one responsibility in my life, and it's not aside from taking care of myself. And that's trying my best to take care of my girlfriend, too. And everything else is just, you know, it's peachy. So I don't have to worry about a kid, thankfully. And like I think that's what a lot of people like. When when they're my age, they're like, you know, I got to settle down and have a family and have a kid. And then they realize that, wait, I can't can't go on two-month-long herping expeditions anymore. I have a kid. And it's like – or they adopt a dog when they're in college. And you can't leave a dog like you can a cat. So, Mm -hmm. it's – there's just – there's so much that goes into, you know, being able to actually have free time and be able to travel. Yeah.
1: And honestly, like, I'm sure there's plenty of 18-year-old kids – like listening to this or watching this and it's just it's hard to say to do that but i think like you have to man don't don't grow up too fast don't yeah down
0: yep and i'm not
1: wherever the hell you want to like
0: all i'm saying is don't have a kid till you're ready that's like the, the most important piece of advice
1: I, I well, most people mess up the step in between the whole. you know oh, no. it doesn't happen on purpose mostly yeah shit.
0: yeah or, exactly that's true but very thankful for that. I agree. Like it I'm not I wouldn't advise people to follow in my footsteps at all. But I mean, I will say do things while you can. Like there's there's gonna be a time in your life when you can't, you know, take a month out of your life and sleep in the desert. But while you can, do it. <laughs> Why not?
1: Absolutely. And that even goes for I mean, when you're accumulating a collection of snakes, you gotta realize that Yeah, and- take into
0: consideration that those snakes, like there's not I mean like I have people that would take care of my snakes for me, but not everyone does. Like it's the kind of, like if I had a larger collection, I could probably get by. But I mean, I'm not, I'm not planning on having a collection that I can't, you know, manage myself. Like actually this summer, like the snakes that I did have, I actually took with me. Like the few snakes I had, I took with oh, me to Texas wow. and, them out there and then brought them back. So that was a, that was an adventure. Cause I had, I had, you know, a couple of, big ass tanks in my car driving across the country and it was it was wacky
2: that was his life how many did we bring up here
0: i don't know probably
1: in the 30s
2: 30s. he drove from dallas to philly
0: i remember hearing about that in one of your other podcasts that blew my mind that you had all these snakes did you have them in a trailer or no no there's
1: in the back of the car
2: car? we just put them in a pillowcases
0: yeah that that's what I should have done in hindsight and just kept them in smaller cages while I was in Texas. But I'm dumb and didn't think about that. (laughs) So I just brought like a 40 gallon tank and two 10 gallons with me.
1: Well, keep in mind why I learned how to do it a certain way is because I've moved multiple times and I've done it the wrong way. So, so one year I had I was going from New York to Colorado. It was about like 30 hours and it was in the winter. I needed to keep everything warm. I had it on a thermostat in my car, like this weird adapter that allowed me to plug in a thermostat. I don't know how you didn't kill your battery. But uh, yeah, so I had, I had, it ended up I had like eight snakes of different species in a bin. And all of a sudden there was a Louisiana pine snake that was out right next to my pictures, Python, that was out and yeah it was a whole uh, Jesus you That's learn how bad. to like security is a big deal and you know you learn things sometimes by doing doing it the wrong way and not cut
2: out on the move up here right No, well once we got into the house one true day. but not <laughs> out in the drive no
0: gotcha. I thought we were about to have a revelation of something that got out in the drive and she didn't know about it yet <laughs>
1: i don't think so i knew one got
2: out once he got
1: here because in the
0: you know she found
1: a hog nose and on the side of the (laughs) thing that was (laughs) kissing at her and mock striking at her yes
2: shortly after we moved here i found that one did not even know that one was missing but and i'm like shit we lost another one when we moved here and i'm like would have much rather to find that pretty corn was it a sun kiss or no it was was
3: something crazy yeah some some corn i loved
2: and i We'll do away with the hog noses in How two
0: seconds. You. So do y'all do mostly corn snakes? That's kind of what I gathered from your Instagram mostly.
2: Yeah. So that's what we breed. We keep a bunch of different things. Um, and someone just won't stop posting corn snake baby <laughs> pictures. I keep telling him people are going to forget we have other snakes. But he's just so. This
1: sucks, man. Like I can I can post stuff in olive python.
0: Yeah people don't give a shit no one cares because it's not a corn snake and all your followers follow you for corn snake
1: right yeah and we used to do just like i used to post all my morelia all my liasis and and that those used to do well or like my green tree also that used to do well and now since we do mostly i take mostly pictures of corn snakes now if you do anything other than corn snakes nothing really.
2: but i want the olive and the louisiana pines to get there.
1: Oh, no one can give a shit
2: about Louisiana. Or like though. the water python. When we get the water python in light, it is so gorgeous. And I want that to be.
1: But I'm sure um, you have, I mean, to the nth degree, as far as there's so, some things that you care a lot to photograph and no one cares about, and then things yeah. that you find all the time that people like.
0: It's kind of like, uh, I wouldn't say that I have like as much of a clear cut definition. Like I wish I knew. Well, I mean, I don't really give a shit because like people that follow me on Instagram don't i don't get any benefit from them liking my photo or not so like i basically just i post it kind of bums me out that i can't get more of my followers engaged in like you know the ecology aspect of it like no one really cares that this rattlesnakes like it's kind of weird that like there's a pile of baby rattlesnakes here and it's mothers watching them from beneath the rock and like <laughs> no one really cares about that but the second you post a picture of like a uh you know like people really like alterna i guess so it's not it's not as applicable for like my favorite things like I, I have noticed a general trend that like if, if I post something and I'm really excited about it, the people tend to get excited about that with me, which is cool. But there's, I, I think the biggest instance of this, I think like that I've noticed is like when I post landscape pictures or pictures of birds or anything, that's not a snake. It's like, people are like, Ugh, please, what are you doing? Why are yeah, you- exactly. And like, God forbid I post anything about my personal life, you know?
2: Really? See, I thought they'd be interested in that.
0: There's a certain class of them that are, but like, I, I don't. I try not to put that out there, anyways, because it's not the kind of thing that's like, it's not for them, you know. So it's not like my, my platform is not to share my personal life; it's to share snakes. So I don't do that a lot. But I feel like if I did, people would be like, "Oh."
2: <laughs> know it's weird it because I, I want well. to. Sorry, I like the gopher snake picture.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah, like, anything with, like, symmetry and good colors like that is what people, like, freak out about. Like, like my best pictures on Instagram get the most likes or generally things like that. And, like, close-up headshots of venomous snakes do well, which is weird. People like in-hand shots, too.
2: Oh, yeah. I feel like that's
0: what a lot of people, like, know me for. Oh, they're the guy with the handful of snakes. This stuff is a little baby. Yeah, that one did well, too. And I really like, like, it makes me happy that stuff like that does well. And... uh. You know, people like, it seems like people, like I said, people seem to be excited for things I'm excited about. So if I dude, indicate freshly made babies, yeah, dude, they're, they're, they're newly born copperheads. Like uh, they, they yeah. haven't even shed yet.
1: That's their first shed right there. Their
0: first shed. And there's a picture of rat- some timber rattlesnakes from that same day that had just, just been born. They were still, they still had birthing slime on them.
2: Wow. Lucky timing.
0: And that's the kind of yeah, that's the kind of thing that's the most fun for me. Like, it's as seeing like natural behavior and stuff like that.
1: And they lay that late in the season in Georgia?
0: Yeah, they. From what I understand, I think they have a pretty complex breeding season. But the, uh, I want to say that a lot of the the vipers breed this time of year, and then also have babies this time of year. So the the ones that aren't breeding are on off year, and they're breeding this year. Then the ones that are. They're have other ones are having babies this year. So
1: dude, that's amazing. So how did you
2: wait? I forgot we yeah. can do this cool thing that we can show <laughs> your Instagram on the on the screen. We're experimenting. So we're gonna right now. do that real quick, even though we are totally past time. So feel free to tell us if you need to go.
0: No, I'm good. I've am nowhere to be. So okay.
2: I don't know if it shows you that we're sharing. Like, can you see your Instagram?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I can see it. It's, it made us tinier. And then the Instagram's a big in the middle now for me.
1: Dude, Even that, that copperhead is so unique. I mean, that must be a pretty unique look to that area.
0: That one on the, the, the top one there on the top. Yeah. One. yeah top left. I found that one yesterday and it like, it blew my mind. Like then that picture's not doing very well in the grand scheme of things. Like people, people don't seem to be terribly concerned that copperhead's purple, which is weird to me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, whatever. Aside from that guy, oh, I thought he was telling me to keep the snake. but No, he was telling me I to keep it. I think
2: they coming. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, this is, like, the landscape ones or are these are the ones you're like, oh, they don't do very well?
0: Yeah, and even that one's doing pretty good, like, for a landscape picture. Like, sometimes I can post pictures. Like, I wish I could just, like, I really like posting, like, habitat shots, and a lot of times those don't do very well.
1: But in a way, not- that's that's the most useful as far as if you're a herper yourself and you want to know like what kind of habitat. Yeah, that's, these that's what things. I want to
0: see from other people is like pictures of snakes, how they found them like that, like that, like, and that's the biggest inspiration for my photography is like, you know, posting and sharing with other herpers, like, like how freaking cool it is to see a pile of baby rattlesnakes, you know, that they're, they're sitting there piled up and I didn't do that. That's how I found them. And that's like, like when I first saw pictures like that, it blew my mind and I wanted to take some myself. So. How close are you? oh i'm right up in their faces for that one there's a lot of those other ones of that because when like when i first found that pile of snakes there's like a picture from further away where it's the whole pile but a lot of those the second they saw me kind of dipped off but these guys didn't move at all the the most of the snakes there didn't move at all but there were what kinda,
2: sorry i totally just cut you off keep going
0: uh what, what, now i forgot what i was saying
2: <laughs> you were talking about them not moving
0: oh yeah um You know, most of them didn't move at all. But then a couple popped off the top and went back under the rock with mom.
2: Um, I was going to ask you, what um, camera are you using?
0: I actually just got a new camera. A lot of these cell phone shots are on my iPhone. uh, What is this? 10, I guess. um, And then my other pictures, I just got a new camera, too. So these are all like that one's on my Sony a6000. And a lot of my older camera photos are from my Canon T5i. Anyone's interested in that too. Oh, Joe so, knows camera
1: up I ass. And do you use that that as your uh, YouTube camera as well?
0: Yeah. So I got the A6000 for YouTube, and uh, you know I've just been kind of experimenting with it over the last couple of weeks on these rattlesnakes and stuff. You know, and I, I like it. I don't know if I'm going to completely switch over to it. You know, because like this photo right here was taken on my my DSLR, my T5I with a 100 millimeter macro lens. And uh, you know, I might, I might get a couple more lenses for the A6000, but I think it's going to mostly be a video camera, which I'm very happy with that so far. I don't know, I haven't gotten much feedback on YouTube on how the the new videos look, but you know, they're doing well, so I can't imagine people think they look worse. So,
2: uh, Dan's Wild World said, "Do you use a Viper guard on your camera to block? There you go, Evan, uh, from strikes or yeah? Do you know anything like that or do you yeah. anything
0: like that? um?" so i i haven't used i've never used a viper guard of any sort i'm just very careful um i tend to have people around me watching to make sure i'm not getting too close so you know we kind of watch each other when i'm hanging out with my friends and make sure you know like if someone's getting too close smack them on the back of the head
2: Mm -hmm. i mean that's you seem so close in this picture
0: yeah like i wasn't i wasn't close at all that was with my uh my old DSLR and that had a bit more zoom on it. So that was, I think that picture was probably taken. The wider angle was taken at 18, but the uh, closer one was taken at probably 55 millimeters.
2: And the lighting is so good for it being at night. I
0: mean, that was taken with this thing. This is the the best thing I own this video light. If you're, you're looking for.
1: See, you don't like using yours. Well, no, because it doesn't mount to the, to the camera that I have now. But when we had, when I had that a seven. Oh yeah for the weekend or whatever, you know, had that mount. Yeah, cuz we have so. one, but you'd uh, have
0: to so you would put it on the hot shoe of the camera like as a Yeah, board. yeah, like where you put the flash. Yeah. I and keep the- mine on a on a little gorilla pod, so if I'm ever shooting something, I can just stick the stand a gorilla pod up. See, we, um, she we could used know. to have
1: it on our tripod for pictures of
2: right. our- and why and we but then
1: oh it's just it, i just got the cheapest one and it doesn't work very well and the batteries go
0: you dead to, and
2: yeah
1: the batteries die so fast this
0: one's like actually my buddy gave me this one so i don't know how much it was but i think it's one of the more expensive ones oh, but Ooh, it works
1: like antenna. we were because we went to go looking for bats and you could see bats even oh though the bats never Let's came. not talk
0: about that night i've been running this video like the whole podcast and it hasn't dropped a single percent so Wow, yeah, that's amazing I'm, I'm running it on 10 power but i mean this is still enough to light a snake in a picture like it's a yeah, camera
2: very bright
0: so it's it not seems... even pointing at me it's it's sitting down facing up this is it pointing at me wow like, it's real bright on it 10% seems
2: like power. half your pictures are night half in daytime would you say that's true
0: yeah i'd say i probably usually shoot like You know, I prefer, I much prefer herping during the daytime and filming during the daytime. It's much more just enjoyable for me because I don't have to worry about that entire aspect, the lighting aspect. Um, I honestly think that's like my favorite. Uh, Oh, is it Alterna story time?
2: (laughs) Yeah, so I'm reading the caption right now. So are these all from different places? Uh,
0: No, those are are the ones I found this year. So uh, four of those are from the same exact cut which is dumb, but it's cool at the same I time. I wish I could
2: like, guess, but I'm yeah. not
0: sure my guess probably, You could probably throw a pretty pretty accurate okay, guess. Okay, well,
2: the, the bottom to right, I, I don't know. To me in my head, they have the same... Obviously, their color is different, These but they're...
0: Things. They did so, come from very close together, but see, they... Not
2: right, right, not left, They right. Bottom right.
1: <laughs> These are like Black Gap animals?
0: Those are Davis Mountains animals. I tried.
2: There we go. Um... <laughs> And then, I don't know what else I would guess, but it's similar.
0: So two of those are Davis Mountains, and the rest are Sanderson. But Mm -hmm. of the Sanderson's, four came from the same cut, and two came from the same cut, So or the same general area.
2: And a lot of people, you're saying people who are super into Alterna, can tell, like, oh, that cut, that cut.
0: So none of those snakes pictured are terribly distinctive of any one area besides Sanderson. Uh, The two snakes on the bottom right, actually, are more distinctive of a certain area to me. Like I could tell you where those two bottom right snakes came from had I not found them, but I probably couldn't tell you anything more specific than Sanderson about the others.
2: Yeah, the bottom right to me stand out more than
0: So that the, the bottom right, the far bottom right snake is from Moose Keys Canyon. And that's a that's a really like, you know, it's like a it's a pretty well known spot and it's notorious for, you know, being Producing really nice alterna, and I think that that bottom right snake is probably a pretty textbook example of a muskie's canyon alterna, and the one above is from the Davis Mountain State Park. Cool. So.
1: And then those the top left. I mean, how does Blair's phase work, and do you know why exactly they call it that, or do those qualify?
0: So there was a guy, a, a scientist from what I understand, that was named Blair, and there's a lot of snake stuff named after him. I don't know the details of why. I just know they used to be considered a full species. Like, Mm -hmm. Blair's phase used to be Lampropeltis alterna blairi, and all those other snakes that aren't Blair's would be considered Lampropeltis alterna alterna. So...
1: And is that just like based off of, I mean, at the time, it was just phenotypically. Like, yeah.
0: At the time, I mean, no one had actually made a Blair Eye in an alternate phase or or had babies from two Blair Eye that made an alternate phase. So they just kind of, you know, the taxonomy of the day was outdated. So right. Ooh,
3: what's
2: that? Go trip. Prairie. Oh, look at that.
1: Oh,
2: shit. How far into it did you notice that one?
0: That uh, that guy was. That's actually in one of my YouTube videos. The the footage of that it was really cool because we stopped for the rattlesnake in the road, and then I saw in the headlights that coach whip was sleeping in a tree just off the side.
1: Huh. I was gonna. Say, are they? They're not typically nocturnal, are they?
0: No, no, oh, It was sleeping. So that's if you see one. I actually I did find. I have found one on the road at night, but it was a baby. I think generally when you see see them on the, at night, they're babies that are just dumb.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they just don't know what they're doing. Hey, yet. look, Greg commented. Yeah, here's uh, here's like an ugly Baird's rat. Our friend Greg yep. commented,
2: "Who loves birds That's what I
1: was pointing at You
0: know, is that comment. Dirty Greg?
2: Yeah, he's <laughs> well, Speaking
0: of Greg, I was talking to uh, you know, Dead Snake Greg. He was saying that y'all are gonna have him on tomorrow or next week, maybe. But he's a yeah, good buddy of mine. I think he's
1: on. The- I think he's on the sixteenth. We're gonna
0: have him on.
2: Yes, September. 16th. He's awesome, though. So cool. Ooh, We're going,
0: uh, pretty. going out turtling tomorrow. Turtling. Ooh, turtling. turtling. <laughs> do you go frogging? I wouldn't say I go frogging as much as I go turtling. Frogs are kind of just bycatch, <laughs> <laughs> But I, don't get me wrong. I love I love me some good frogs. I was
2: about to say, do you eat them? Cause I
0: no. Them. What? No. I, um, I'm um, i not opposed to it, though, especially since people mostly eat bullfrogs, which are, you know, a nation- a nationwide pest. In a lot of places because they're invasive. But oh,
2: that's cool. What is that?
0: That's a blind snake. I like that one. It's so shiny. He's only about that long, though. So okay. you little... make the worm like,
2: oh, and I, oh, it's like it's really small.
0: Okay. Yeah, real small. That one's oh. actually a little bigger than that, if I remember correctly. But and
2: yeah, I wouldn't like it. Really I don't not. like the wormy ones, but it's just and I, I don't like its head actually. The more I look at it, it is wormy, but I like it. <laughs>
0: Maybe. That's the definition of wormy.
2: I hate the wormy ones, like the a lot of the um what do they want? the boas, the 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 king I like uh, hate them.
0: Or... Rubber boas, rubber yeah. boas are the worst. There's I want just... to see a rubber boa in the wild though. They're Their cool. heads
2: are so wormy.
0: But have you been to California? I have not. That's on my. That's one of my big things on my hit list. Is the next year I really want to do the Midwest. Aside from like my normal stuff, I do. I want to do the Midwest like Kansas and all that for milk snakes. I want to do California in the springtime. That's not to say that's going to happen, but that's what I want to do. It all just depends on how everything else is going. What's your like dream herp spot? My dream herp spot, uh, South Africa or Australia. One of the two. What would you
1: be looking for in South Africa?
0: Wrinkles. Those are my, those are my big thing out there. And it's just like the, the, their array of herps they have out there. Like they have all the dwarf mountain adders and things and uh you know cape cobras that are neon yellow like there's just so much it's one of those places like along with australia and japan honestly japan's up there for me uh mostly it's just a tourist but they have a lot of cool herps there too like pretty much they don't have a lot of herps but what they do have is really cool so
1: well i love watching someone brought
0: it up in the in the comments lou b oh yeah lou i fucking love lou dude he's so cool that guy's videos are incredible that like he like, honestly, I, I don't want to say that, like, he, he got me into YouTubing herps, but, like, it was one of the things that, like, was, like, you know, this guy's, this guy's videos are actually fun to watch. And I'm, like, like, yeah, I, I he's think. He's, like, I, the
1: first guy that made a watchable herping video, I see Yeah,
0: it. like, it's, yeah. And, and, like, not to, not to like, downplay anyone else's herping videos, but Lou, like, like he uploads a lot, which is awesome. So, it's not, like, you know, he's, like, at least weekly or so. So, you get a lot of Lou Boyer for your buck. And you also like like he's just like he captures the whole herping experience really well I think, and the the fact that he does like he was like the first person to do like vlog style herping videos that like are like you know that I thought were really good you know and that's like the kind of thing that that to me was really cool that it was like he mixed vlogging with herping and you know he has a he has a fun personality He's just a fun guy to watch all around. Yeah. Have so y'all had what... him on yet? Have you talked about having him on? I just I did. Be, I bet he would be on? good Yeah we should get have on. you
2: reached out you haven't reached no, out yet no, I we haven't. should get him on. which is
1: weird i don't know why i haven't but it's like he's the one who first shed light as far as like on japan in particular like yeah I, saw he, that, I was like i didn't realize that that's he like... had a
0: big part of like like of my fascination with it too like the fact that like i would have never known that you can go throw 10 out in a grassy field in japan too and find snake like that's so crazy to me and they're honestly very comparable sometimes to our species. And yeah, like, those, exactly those forest rat snakes is. or whatever look just like mole king snakes. Like, they're the same snake. That's just like, it's so cool to me. And they live in the same habitat. It's, it's a like little field. And then they've got like these little cottonmouth looking vipers, the Mimushis. It's it's really cool. Yeah, and they have fun names like The Mamushi. Mamushi, yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> well, yeah. if you ever end up in South Africa, we know someone we could uh, hook you up with.
0: Is like a hurt person guy.
1: yeah yeah sweet sweet that's he's awesome. uh he's like uh he's a student here
0: he just got yeah a he's a student biology, you should look him up his name is author.
2: theo bush cow
0: um okay, I actually uh, follow him. is he bush under uh-huh, uh-huh
2: i'm pretty
0: sure i follow him
2: yeah we had him on the podcast a couple weeks ago Months ago, weeks awesome.
0: ago i'll have oh. to check that one out
2: but yeah it's yeah. cool i love
0: learning about different
2: countries and all that stuff so me
0: too it's, it's amazing and especially like, like and that's like honestly what i want to do is like do like herding travel vlogs like get to the point where i can actually travel and like dave Kaufman. we all want to be like
2: dave, be like yeah. dave. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly <laughs> and like be able to like you know focus on like this is how people herp in Japan and stuff like that. I've actually started filming like a separate little mini series that I haven't actually published any videos on yet where I'm going around the U S at least like, and uh, I think I'm going to call it herping travel log and just like, you know, meet up with someone from that area, talk to them, interview them, basically talk to them about how, like how, you know, how do you do it here and stuff like that. So, cool, cause, cause that fascinates me that there's like so many, like, like if you would have told me like, if you go to West Texas and stare at this rock and walk back and forth for three hours, you might find this awesome looking snake, but more than likely you'll just find a bunch of awesome looking snakes. It's like crazy. Yeah.
1: It's a, the opposite method that we would use, you know, in the East coast or something. It's, but yeah. Australia, are you attracted to the elapids?
0: Yeah. Like uh, my big thing in Australia is red, like black snakes and copperheads, like their copperheads are sick. And like all those elapids just, to get me going (laughs) like i want to go find those is it a Um, matter
1: of we don't have them here or you just like them all
0: i don't know i just think they're cool looking and i think like it's not like there's a lot of people out there like oh they're venomous no i don't give a shit they're venomous like if those things could be completely harmless and i would be like that's a badass snake and like i just think that and the way that people find them like reminds me a lot of like how i look for king snakes out here like you just walk around the swamp and there's red-bellied black snakes going everywhere which is so cool to me and that's like the kind of thing, that like, you know, like I said, like doing that different, that same thing you do here, there produces this giant venomous thing that looks kind of like a coach whip. And that's just so weird to me.
1: And speaking of giant venomous things, have you gotten, uh, have you got an Eastern Diamondback before?
0: Yeah, I've seen, I've seen a fair number of them. They're not, you know, a lot of people are freaked out about them, but I kind of took them for granted, you know, growing up here. Um, even though I haven't seen like, I haven't seen a lot of them, but I've seen, you know, probably 20 of them over the years and I like them. I've never found a monster though. I'd love to see a monster. The, uh The biggest rattlesnake I've ever seen was actually a Western diamondback, which is kind of shameful, like shame on Eastern diamondbacks. Like, <laughs> no, they got outdone by their Western cousin that's smaller. Come on. But I mean, to be fair, the Eastern diamondbacks have to deal with so much more, you know, encroachment and their habitat and stuff out here than the Westerns do. Um, and I think that's probably the sad explanation for why I've never seen a big Eastern Diamondback. So, mm-hmm.
2: yeah. Well, we are way past our 20, I mean, not 20 minutes We're 20 minutes past our two hours. But our final question always is, if someone wants to reach out to you, what's the best way to get in touch with you?
0: So the hmm, best way would probably be Instagram DMs. Um, a lot of times. I fall behind on actually checking my DM requests, but I'll see it eventually. So, okay. So I, Noah underscore Fields
2: to Instagram.
0: You could also comment on my YouTube videos, and i, I more than likely will see that too. So,
1: awesome! awesome. Everyone, go check out his channel. Subscribe. Check it. Thank, you, thank out Instagram, and uh, yeah, get into field herping because too many too many keepers don't field
0: herp.
2: Or just don't have that connection to the wild. I think it's important for all of us to have the connection to the
0: wild. In summer, I way. think it's a cool, you know, way to connect like what you do to how those snakes would live outside of captivity too. So I think you could learn a thing or two. Like a lot of keepers could go out and be like, "Huh, maybe I should start doing this with my snake based on what they see in the wild." So, yeah.
2: and this That's is my connection to the wild. I'm not herping. <laughs> I don't like outside. But
0: this is my connection. Watch this podcast, and, and you could basically learn everything you could from being with me in person. Yeah, I and every other.
2: And then Joe goes outside. I just don't go outside.
0: And watch Noah's videos because then you are out. Then there. it's like you're outside. <laughs> it's like you're outside, but you're on your couch. What's it, what else could be better? Exactly. Right. I get to That's see important. how
2: they act. I get to see all about them without getting. You know, hot or eaten by bugs. You're getting
1: or... to know also the weather conditions of when they're running. Like, yeah, and he gets to tell me all those things.
0: Yeah, but I completely feel her mentality too because I have days where I'm like, I really don't want to go climb a mountain right now. Like that was me yesterday. Yesterday I went out and I was like, I got out there and I was like, it's hot. It's like, what am I doing? But then I ended up having a good day. But that's, that's how it goes sometimes. Some days I just wish I could watch someone else do it. And I can. Thanks to channels like Lou B one two three or seven forty seven, not one two three. Is it one two three seven forty seven? I don't remember. Anyways, Lou B. Yeah, I just put it. I think it's Lou B seven forty seven because he's a pilot. That makes sense. Gotcha. gotcha.
2: Okay, we will catch everyone. Oh, I guess you should say if you're trying to find us. Instagram, Port City Pythons, Facebook, Port City Pythons, portcitypythons.com, the Port City Pythons at Gmail. Haber to Grace, Maryland on Saturday, and maybe White Plains, New York on Sunday.
1: And Oaks the next week. And
2: Oaks, Oaks Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania next week. This Coming is why we don't make town. YouTube videos <laughs> all as much as we want, because we're doing stuff. We're
1: on tour. Wow. Why do you have to get country to I go on know. tour? Yeah, it's a country tour. It's country tour. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for hanging out. I just said that. Noah, thanks. (laughs) I'm having trouble today. I'm not really keeping it together. It's hot as hell. It is is 82 82. degrees in here. It's hot
0: in here too. I'm dying. I'm I'm sweating. You you can see yourself in the reflection above my eyebrow.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Thank you so much, Noah, for coming on.
3: This was a great
2: podcast. I need water.
3: Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) See you guys later.